Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. Guys, today we're doing Kate's Secret with Sarah Thayer. She has a little bit of tea. Do you, can you share this on the pod? Yes, I can totally share Okay, this because is Because it's completely unsubstantiated. Tea. Okay, it's this B.C. Andrews tea. the attic. Okay. Apparently, in the publishing biz, as we published people call it. Yeah. Um, they, VC uh, Andrews just turned in a bunch of like insane scribblings in notebooks and an editor assembled all those books out of So her, it wasn't even journals. like a written, okay, this makes so much sense because my sweet Audrina, when Karen was kind of unpacking that for me, which is why we wound up doing Flowers in the Attic, they mentioned it on My Favorite Murder and I was like, well, you like guys are basically legally obligated to come to my house and do this because everyone will ask me for the rest of my life for you guys to do flowers in the attic. But she told me that my sweet Audrina was about grandparents and like hiding a girl's like sexual trauma. And I just thought to myself, like, this is too common of a theme. Like this is almost like either a trauma or a kink, like pick your category. But like she had a thing. Well, I believe that the later books just had V.C. Andrews' name on them. They had nothing to do with V.C. Andrews. Like Petals in the Wind or whatever. Well, Petals, well... That was the, the second one. It goes through the life cycle of the plant. Right. There's flowers in the attic. Right. Petals in the wind. Seeds of yesterday. Yeah. And then something else about roots or I don't know. I completely believe that something called Seeds of Yesterday was like, just like scraps. <laughs> but like after the first two, like... Yeah. Well, did you see the movie Crumb about our Robert Crumb, the cartoonist? No. He has a brother in that movie, and who's the the point of the movie is like our Crumb is always saying like my brother's the real genius in the family, and he oh. he's an amazing artist and whatever. And they go and visit the brother, and I believe he still lives with their mom. And Does he suck? It's no, no. It's just like a it's a really sad scene. They live in a house that has you know plastic garbage bags stapled over the windows and stuff. And his brother, I think it's his brother named Charles. His other brother is also a little weird and swallows a string so he can floss his body. Like swallows one end of a string and waits for it to come out in his poo. I understand the impulse. Yeah. So there's that brother. But then there's the brother, Charles, who is supposed to be the real genius of the family. Right. Isn't it amazing how if ever like one kid in a family becomes super successful... Everyone has to say that another kid is the real genius in the yeah, family yeah. because uh, they show yep. and and he's always like writing in notebooks and stuff. 
And they ask him, can we look in your notebooks? And it's all just pretend writing, like scribbly, scribbly. Like wow. what you do when you're doing stage business and you're pretending to write or take someone's I order. I can't, I just like, that is, that is the deepest thing I've ever, it's, you're so right. Well, also, cause like, even if there were words in there, they probably wouldn't have been remarkable. And either way, that's the bottom line is it's all fucking fake in a narrative. You're an only child, right? Yeah, but I'm the oldest of like 12 cousins. Oh, okay. And so I was like, I'm siblings essentially with like three of them. And I do remember one of my uncles saying to me, and this really was like a really bonding moment for me. It was like a holiday. We were all in one room. I love your Gucci sneaks, by the way. Thank you. Just saw them. Cute. Love. Um, it was like all of my cousins downstairs, my immediate family. And Elizabeth was like my really, really, you know, just everyone was like, so captured by her intelligence. And then Fiona from the day she came out of my aunt's vagina was the most gorgeous person on the world, like in the world, like so beautiful. I remember I like went upstairs to like go pout silently and my uncle followed me and he was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I just feel like everyone else is like, it's all about Elizabeth and all about Fiona. And he was like, well, Molly, look, here's the thing. Like, Elizabeth is the smart one, and Fiona's the beautiful one, but you're the one that everyone wants to be around. And it's very small comfort when people tell you that. Not only did that inform, I feel like, the way that every single one of us has kind of turned out, but, like, it's a very dark way of, like, no one has to be the one anything. I can't stand. It's one thing, well... I wrote a memoir a few years ago, and it starts out with being talking about how parents will label kids in the family. Yeah. And, you know, this one's the smart one, that one's the pretty one, that one's the dumb one. Yes. I was the liar. Like, oh. so it's really hard to get out of the spot if yeah. you're the liar because there's really nothing you can do to There's no yourself. budging room, really. But it made me feel like I'm never going to do that to my kids. Like, I'm never going to... Because I just think it's gross. I yeah. Mean, I remember being in a toddler group when my son, who's now almost 18, can't believe it, um, was a kid. And one of the moms had her daughter uh, wearing a T-shirt, like less than two-year-old girl that said fuss on it. And I said, where did you get that shirt? Yeah. Because it was kind of shocking to me that you would like put a label on your kid. Who would even make that? And she said, I had it made. No way. <laughs> and I was like, sorry, kid, you're doomed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was kind of the evil mom that uh, everybody liked in small doses. Because yeah. Because you do want to, you do have a dark side. Sure. As a mom and you want to like let it. On like, Lifetime. It needs a release valve. We see that all the time on yes, Lifetime. Exactly. There's a, there's an evil mom in this movie. That For sure. Watch, right? For sure. Um, but that is very interesting that, like, she would go out of her way to label her child like that. Right. And I remember thinking, like, well, that, that kid's going to grow up to be an asshole. Because yes. what choice do they have? Yes. I agree with you. 100%. You guys, I'm hitting my jewel. Um, I'm a jewel head now. <laughs> Sammy Jewels. I'm on a jewel, too. Is it flavored? Yeah. Some guy gave me... This is, like, a, the terrible, most awful intro to a story ever. Oh, is it the pineapple It's jewel? the pine... Do you want a hit? Sure. I mean, I don't know if it's gonna if it's killing me. It? Yeah, I've never jewel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Am I gonna be addicted after one hit? I don't know. You <laughs> smoked six though, right? Years ago. Yeah, not I feel anymore. if you um just take one hit though, because it's not like the ones that they used to sell at like over the counter. Oh, it does taste like pineapple. It's got a nice little like 
vibe to it too. Um, but Sammy told me that the reason why I got nauseous the first time I tried it was that I was hitting it like it was, you know, a cig and one cartridge is a whole pack. So that's a lot to think about. So how many drags, but it seems to me like smoking, you do several drags and then your cigarettes over. Right. And that's the, the draw is for spaced me. out more over it's for real addicts whereas I realize that I'm addicted to the cover that smoking gives me like or I'm just like oh, I, like I, if I need to do something and like look busy then I can smoke and like be on my phone or just that like smoke. That is the hardest thing for me about uh, quitting smoking is that I would often describe it as an alternate reality. Yeah. <laughs> Where you would be like oh yeah sure la 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 with yeah. whatever you were doing or whoever you were talking to and then you'd have this moment where you could turn to the side and just be in your own little world for just a second. It's like there's an anxiety, back. I guess, that I'm avoiding at all times. Where it's like anytime I'm a little high from that jewel. Do you? Yeah, just let it let it chill. Let it chill. Well, we let won't jewel again. Um, if you see me jeweling, don't let it influence you. But like it definitely is a thing where I was at a party and I was speaking to someone who was so lovely, and I just like 20 minutes into our conversation, I was like, I have to go smoke. And I mm -hmm. realized what it was, which is that I just needed a break. And there's no way to take that in real life. We're well, like, can I tap out of this? I condo? have to say, like, ha not having that anymore, I'm not as relaxed in social situations because I don't have that thing to turn aside or take yeah, a break. The cushion. I had to stay in the moment. And what you end up doing, or at least what I've ended up doing, is sort of be mm, just kind of learn how to be content with things not being exciting all yeah the time. well you just be a better person is and like yeah you're just being a better person your expectations yeah. are lowered so you're a better person yeah. well I mean maybe but you're actually like coping as opposed to like you know what I would like to personally eject from this so I'm gonna go um kill myself in the parking lot yes. and then I'll be back um for what but like all that said, Jewel, hit me up. We'd love to sponsor you on the pod. So today, Sarah actually recommended this movie. And I've, I'm not going to lie to the audience. Guys, I'm talking to the audience right now. And if I don't make eye contact, it's because I, I do that to think. Um, guys, I've been avoiding Meredith Baxter Bernie. I've been giving you a very Haley Duff front-loaded series here i think that we've enjoyed Haley duff but there's an og way before Haley, way before even tori meredith baxter bernie aka the mom from family ties and she's done movies such as um the brett the betty broderick story which was our in my family this was the movie that like you my mom my mom and her sisters would all get on the phone and they'd mm -hmm. be like wrapping the cord around the house and doing laundry and being like, but did you get this tea? And they would watch every single time it aired, which it aired pretty frequently. She was the queen of the original, I would say, queen of Lifetime movies. And do you know, like, did something happen movies. there? Women's movies for sure. This is a woman's movie well, if I've ever seen it. she got on a sitcom. Them. She got on Family Ties and that was like, once you make that sweet 80s sitcom money, yeah. you don't have to do what they call... You love this. You know what they call it? Mao. The, the Mao list. A movie list. of the week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're yeah. on the Mao list. And I, uh, my husband did a movie once where this old character actor told him, what you want to do is get on the Mao list. That's where the real money is. You know what? <laughs> and I was like, the Mao list. 
That's great. I was going to say. Sounds like it's coated with cocaine. I never thought you were wrong, but you're so right. Like it was 1982 when Family Ties started, went to 1989. I grew up on it, watching reruns every single day. Loved it. Still struggle with my Michael J. Fox attraction to this day because I don't know if he's the man I want him to be. Um, but she's she, very nice in real life. Just keep remembering that. Of course that. he is. He's I'm probably sh- nicer than you would want in a man. Oh, really? Charming? I'm guessing. Uh, so I, I, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I hope. That's Kind, what it, likes women. So nice. Very time Not complicated. I feel. Sure, yes. sure, sure. Like, they're very good men. Um, but I didn't realize that she, so Betty Broderick was 1992. That was a little bit of like a post thing for her, which is what I had always thought of her as in my head but wait you're right and 19 up until 1982 she was doing shit like this yeah now i'll tell you something i have watched over like 30 of these movies close to close to probably like 40 of these movies for the podcast and i tend not to go i try to go as far back as i can sometimes but i have never gone this far back Partially because I know this is what people really want. And once we blow through these movies, we're done. Um, But Sorry. No, no. I say this for you. Like, normally if someone sent me Kate's secret, I'd be like, fuck off. But I was like, Sarah is the right person for this. Well, I am 50 years old. I mean, cut me a little slack. You fucking earned this, bitch. This all your 50 years were leading up to this moment. Um, But I... This is a career peak for me and for me like literally like i might die tonight i might she's from pasadena by the way not like well let me tell you a little backstory about meredith baxter bernie i first got to know her probably from seeing her in like the abc sunday night movie or something in roles and are in like you know mcmillan and wife and shows like that sure but um she was on this sitcom called Bridget Loves Bernie. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Yeah, I've heard of it. But she was a Catholic. Her character was Catholic. Yeah. And he was Jewish. Okay. And she was like, I think yep. she came from kind of a wealthy family and he was like more working class. Yeah. Which you'd think, that's a bit of role reversal. I think sure. The Catholic would probably usually be more of the working class. 100%. And the Jewish guy would be from the educated but that family. But that was the twist. Yeah, that was the <laughs> twist. But anyway... This show I watched, and I have such strong memories of it, especially, you know, it had the opening sequence that was kind of had a similar font to the Mary Tyler Moore show. And and it was them, you know, walking around Central Park. I've always, even as a child, I'm like, I will move to New York one day. Yeah. I have to go live there because these shows are telling me it's the best place. Yeah. So uh, that show... And I didn't even know this until I was an adult, but that show got canceled after a season because so many people called in to complain about an interfaith marriage. Sure. Like it was seen That's as horrible. That's how I know of it. Horrible. Yeah. As yes. a TV historian. And then I think she went into, and a lot of actors look at the Mao list or look at yeah. made for TV movies or soap operas as, you know, this is where they train. They learn how to, especially soap operas. You learn how to memorize lines really fast. Yeah. You learn how to just have to fucking act at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And so... And it's a legit paying job. Yes. Yeah. It teaches you how to be on a set. It teaches you how to... Especially in like a soap or this, I would imagine it's a very humbling 
start where everyone's moving quickly. No one has time to treat you like a star. You probably do have like a trailer that you share or something, but like, well, think about P I think about some of my favorite movie actors now got their starts on soaps like Julianne Moore. Yeah. And look how decent she is. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, of course, Alec Baldwin got his start. Sure. (laughs) Sure. 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 Uh, Stamos as well. I do love to think about that. I that love informed. John I mean, I love him too, but I think it informed his dreaminess mm-hmm. in a way that um, the three daughters on Full House will never escape because all the newscasters are of the age that they were crushing on him, and those girls are like children. So they're like, you know, you know how it is. Like where every time they go on TV, they're like, which one of your fictional dads would you have like? fucked and they're like we were children that is such a weird question it is like were you did you ever like have a crush on john and they'd be like no like my uncle i was nine like it's so (laughs) weird um but okay so i was so excited to do this movie because this was lifetime now they either get way deep into it as far as they can go in an hour and 27 minutes which the commercial time has changed as well this one's like an hour and 36 minutes. Um, but it, um, this, this was like, this was the, one of the, probably the first movie about bulimia. So like there's uncharted territory here. Mm -hmm. It's very clunky. I will say I, like right now I'm in a place of giving trigger warnings. Like I've never done this on this podcast because it's lifetime. Like if you tune into this, you know what to expect, but this is an old school one. If you have eating disorder stuff to the extent that it bothers you to hear about it, this is not the podcast for you. And I get it if you shut it off. That said, for the rest of us people who have like had eating disorders, let's dig in because I, I've never, I was never bulimic. I was an anorexic and I loved it. And I, and I would like, I loved it the way that like people reminisce about their days doing heroin. Like I loved it and it, it's, but it's t- the worst thing. And also the older you get, the less cute it is. You can't pull this off at 34. Well, so, your body physically can't take it. Can't I was take it. never anorexic, but I have sort of a weird body image thing where I was, uh, when I graduated from high school, I weighed 75 pounds. Yeah. I was always super skinny because I had really bad asthma and I had to use an inhaler all the time and take bronchodilators orally, which is basically like speed. I was going to say, like, yeah. I call it pharmaceutical ballet because okay. I was so skinny <laughs> from taking asthma drugs. That is And really I wasn't funny. doing it to be skinny. It's only now, you know, like that right. I can look back and think, oh, that's why I was so skinny. Sure. And I was like flat chested and I didn't like being skinny or flat chested other than the fact that. At school, when all the my classmates were, I went to an all girls high school. When they were like, "I'm not eating bread. I'm not eating." Wait, French where are fries. you from for the audience? What? Where are you from? Louisiana. Okay. I would be like, "I'll eat your bread and French fries," Over. and I ate all their carbs because they weren't eating them. So yeah. But what happened was, once I went to college, I had sort of a delayed, you know, blossoming. That's where, where my I got yeah. boobs. And I filled out, as they say, but I still have sort of a body dysmorphia where I think I'm thinner than I am. I'm like the opposite of people who I was going to say, think, that's like sick. Like, are you kidding? Like, that's dope. <laughs> like, I would love, I would pay for that. Like, I don't know though. Cause then you see pick now when every, it used to be great before you, everyone oh, was like taking selfies reverse. all the time. Okay. So and now when I see actual pictures of myself, 
I'm like, oh my god. Well, you like, looked really I have hot no in idea. Morgan's picture from yesterday. Oh, that's I true. Morgan say. did. Morgan Murphy took a great. Have your friends who have like really good cropping skills take your yes. pictures on Instagram. It's always a good thing. But that is an interesting um, like reversal in that like you if you're tend to think you're bigger than you are, you get to look at pictures and be like, look at that beautiful girl. Like she just didn't know who she was. Right. Like, no, I'm the opposite you're... where I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I never would have worn that if I thought I looked like that. But when I left my house, I thought I looked. You were killing it. It's totally mental. That's really and, funny. Um, I, like I said, I was never anorexic, but I did. I would say I dabbled in bulimia okay. in college when I started to gain weight. Yeah. And it was probably, I probably, you know, saw this movie, remembered this movie and was like, there's a good method because unfortunately these movies do teach, teach, inspire, or is it called? Thinspiration. Yeah. Thinspo is, Thinspo is the, yeah. And we, we it's not good. This is not going to be a politically correct conversation about these things because, because I'm just telling you what my experience was. And I don't think it was like a positive experience at all. But I had a boyfriend who had, who I tend to like um, get in relationships with guys who were fat kids. Okay. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. So. No, same With a actually. few exceptions. Fully yes. same. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of them cope by having an eating disorder or. Sure. By just generally hating themselves. Mm-hmm. Men can suffer from this too. But I had a boyfriend for a couple of years in college who was really bulimic. And it took me a long time to figure it out. Yeah. And then when I figured it out, instead of saying, like, we need to get you help, I was like, that seems like a good weight loss regimen. Yeah. So I did it for a while with him. And then I remember going to, because I do always believe in therapy and I believe in 12-step groups and stuff. Can I ask you, were you guys, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but were you guys like communicating about your taking this on together? Were you like, okay, we both puke now? Or were you just both doing it in secret knowing that you were doing it? I think it was sort of implicit. We would make the most disgusting things and eat them together. Okay. Um, We would make like macaroni and cheese and put a can of cream and mushroom soup and like two cans of tuna in it and eat that. Love that. <laughs> Sammy's like gross. Also, that's so like pantry rich. Like you are pantry rich, like life for pantry rich. Uh, I get it. Yeah, we would make horrible, horrible things. And then we'd eat them together. And then we weren't like, uh, I'm going to the bathroom or who's first. No. But there was some. You knew the other person wasn't taking a massive shit. Unspoken coordination. Right. Yeah, there yes, was something where it happening. was like water running. I mean, there's certain things you do when you're. I always used um, a toothbrush handle to make myself throw up. I've heard that because people Which caught so on to gross, the finger Because then thing. you go to brush your teeth and it's like your toothbrush always smells like puke. I've seen gnarly bulimia in other people. And like I'm a natural puker and that like if I just get nervous, I want to vomit. Like it's just what my body does. Um, even like under stress. But I always did think, God, Molly, like if you ever become bulimic, make sure that you like never use your fingers or do any of the things that are like very obvious signs, which is, I just want to say again, you guys, if you've never seen precedent for this on this podcast, go back to season one where we did starving in suburbia and a secret between friends, because we go deep (laughs) into this with uh, Allison Rosen and Alexis Wilson. But this is 
eating disorders are a huge part component of this because it's like a huge issue generally, but you bring up an interesting thing and that it's a big men's issue and it's never like starving in suburbia touched on that, but like, it's not really spoken about that. Like you could date a guy that's dealing with bulimia or a guy that's anorexic because it's just not, it's not assumed that they deal with body image the way that we do. And this was back in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. And I, I hate to tell you, but, um, having two teenagers and knowing and talking to other parents, it's a huge problem. Yeah. I would say almost every teen I know has experimented with some kind of self-harm. Sure. Or some kind of eating disorder, if not developing a full-blown eating disorder. Yeah. And having to have uh, therapy and stuff, especially for that. And what's come into it is because people do post on Instagram yes. about cutting themselves or hurting themselves or, yep. or um, you know, there's a whole anorexia Instagram thing. Although I believe they've cracked down on that. They've started to. Somewhat. Tumblr is like a big um, problem for the cause of like anti that. Like Tumblr Tumblr's sounds a- like you know, onomatopoeia for throwing up. 100%. Like, no, like (laughs) literally like the truth though. And like before it was throwing up literal food, it was feelings like that website has, is basically like an incubation for the worst fucking shit that goes on with young people. It's, it's bad. The Um, only thing I ever did on Tumblr was I'm, I was kind of addicted to what I call real estate porn for a while. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You can find your people there. But you just want to go look in houses. Sure. And then I realized like, cause some things are staged beyond belief where everything looks very sterile and it's almost like no one lives in the house. And then other places are just openly pictures that look like hoarder houses. Yeah. And then there's pictures where it's, you know, there's a swing and a beanbag chair. In a room. Yes. Or <laughs> there was there's a bathtub that's real. I hate black toilets and black bathtubs. Oh, I hate them. And they'll have that. They're so and then trashy. like a, a pastoral mural above them or... Or a unicorn set in tile above the bathtub. So I started this Tumblr I'm called Sad Rooms. I'm not showing you rooms. my upstairs bathroom now. No, I'm just kidding. What? You have um, a unicorn no, up there? I'm not kidding. No, I don't have I started that. a Tumblr called Sad Rooms. And it was just sort of... I think I followed of, you. Yeah. <laughs> I probably followed you and back it was in the just day. like... But as most things that I do online, I lost interest in it pretty quickly. Right. But it was fun for a while. I will say the strength to carry on a, a brand like that is something that I probably... We'll never have. And like when I was really coming up, it was like, find your beat and stick on it. Like go find the saddest rooms, Molly. And I was like, no, I like, I can't like after. Well, if you're collecting, if you're like even curating sad rooms, you start to feel pretty sad. Ultimately you're, you're dragging on other people (laughs) and there are, there are aesthetic choices and, um, how they live and it ends up wearing on your soul. A little Can bit. I tell you something? Online. All the reasons why people are like, why do you live in Glendale? I'm like, that's a judgment on Glendale. Like the whole, like Glendale is a sad unicorn tile, but like it's so honest. Is Burbank. It's that's a, where I live. Yeah. It's very and honest. I live in this place, the area of Burbank. I live in the area of Burbank that is, um, you know, these kitchens have not been renovated since the 1970s like a Texas when it's like yeah. harvest gold and avocado and it's all kind of pretty. 
pretty gross shit. I've been at Actually, your house. It's lovely. The kitchen in Kate's Secret is better than the kitchen in a lot of Burbank houses. Speaking of Kate's Secret, should we talk about it? Sure. Okay, let's just fucking get into it because I've had you already here for an I've just like held you hostage. So I don't mind. We're gonna open up on, on Kate's Secret on what I love is like um when a married couple has a bedroom that's like a teenage girl's dream. It's like when like the wife has been like, you know what? Our marriage is about me being able to have this fucking dope room with like the pink silk wallpaper and like the Laura Ashley bedding and like go fuck yourself. So this right. couple wakes up in this bedroom that is what I would have loved at 17. Um, the guy's like, hey, like she immediately says to him, go back to bed. Like right when they wake up, it's Meredith Baxter Bernie and her husband. They wake up and she's like, go back to bed. And I'm like, that's a big red flag. I, I mean, like within 30 seconds, I'm like, well, go why back does to he bed. get to I go back? Vomit. Well, like even anything, I'm just like, why does he get to go back to bed? And I guess in a way it was like triggering my thing where I'm like, men don't help with babies, but I was just like, they don't even have a baby, but I just was like, he's used to getting that extra, that yes. extra 15 minutes. Um, and it bothered me. So, um, she's like, I'm going to go running and he's like, get back in bed. Like, let's roll around. And she's like, no, 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 I'm going to go brush my teeth first, which like, I think is the best part of a relationship is it's like, blow your gross morning breath on me. I love you no matter what. Like I would never brush my teeth really before sex with a husband. Of, I like, feel like it's almost like a dare at the, in the early stages of a relationship where it's you're like, right, probably. yeah, I'll fucking, I not only will I kiss you with my morning breath, but I will let you eat my pussy when I've been wearing tights for 24 hours. It's <laughs> so dark and probably true. No, like I it's just, almost like yeah. a dare where you're like, yeah, it's, this is a challenge. We'll see if you like me after this. Sure. Sure. Of sure. Course, most men don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Right. But eventually as a woman, I would end up caring a lot. Do you want to know? <laughs> I think honestly, my most serious relationships have been relationships where I've been in mostly serious relationships and this was the guy's like first or second serious relationship. So I've just let that grossness carry over for like a full year. Yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Um, but maybe you probably yeah. taught them some important life lessons. I, I hope. Mean, sure. None of them are like they're doing great. They're, sa- they're sadder, but wiser. Um, so she goes into the bathroom to brush her teeth and she weighs herself and the scale is stuck at 120. So she takes off her like weightless pajamas. This, the scale is still the same. So then she comes out in her running clothes and she's like, sorry, I'm not coming back to bed. I gotta go. So she's running around her suburban neighborhood, which we now know is she's wearing like a weird diaper thing around her neck. Did you notice that? So she has a bandana that in the first scene, she has a signature workout bandana, which white <laughs> seems like the worst color if you're like collecting sweat, if that's sure. the purpose of it. But I like, you can bleach it. So I mean, I guess. Yeah. Um, I was really thrown by it and I'm glad you brought it up now because I wasn't this one. I thought maybe, okay, we're watching this on YouTube. Maybe it's a high neck polo. Like, and I'm just like not really realizing that she has like it all flipped up. So, um, we see her running around the neighborhood, which looks like Tennessee to me. Like it does not look like SoCal, which we'll find out she's at. I also wrote like, if she's serious about this, why isn't she using ankle weights? (laughs) Cause like, if I really like needed to burn off like a thousand calories. Or wearing one of those member slim jeans. Sure. Like the plastic jogging suit. Like literally punish. If you're going to punish yourself. Remember Martin Lawrence collapsed cause he was jogging in one. No. 
But this happened to Martin Lawrence. It was when he was in like his Kanye phase. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I was gonna say, was that when he like brought the gun out? I think so. Okay, okay, and okay. Talking about putting Tic Tacs in somebody's but butt. But was that or even whatever. Martin Martin Lawrence? Okay, anyway. Anyway, brought, yes. It's Martin Lawrence did it all. He went through it all. Okay. But he did, I think, collapse or have some kind of cardiac incident from wearing one of those garbage bag jogging suits. I think he's the one that Dave Chappelle went off about, like, you don't get there if you're a weak person. Like, you get there because Hollywood, like, holds you up to that. And, like, that was on his Inside the Actor Studio. Chappelle, like, told an anecdote. I think it was about Martin Lawrence. About Martin Lawrence. But I'm not positive. But it was, like... How do you make a strong man a weak person? Hollywood. Um, Hollywood, baby. So we get, Kate gets home. The phone is ringing. She answers it at the same time as her husband. So they do that great thing that doesn't happen anymore where you get the home connection all throughout. He's like <laughs> talking to his, one of his coworkers. And um, he's like, oh, is, is my wife on? Kate, are you on? So you kind of want to think like maybe he's cheating. Don't worry about it right now. Let's put that on a shelf. So then um, her daughter comes down. What's her name? Becky. Becky. And it's Summer Phoenix. Summer. Becky. Yeah. River Phoenix. She is adorable in this movie. Sister. Do you want, like, like, there are no cute kids on Lifetime anymore. Like, they're Mm -hmm. all just like, no. I mean, maybe they're adorable, but, like, they're not, like, I want to hang out with that kid. Like, I'd be fine if they were around. Like, all of them are like, wow, this is the most annoying child actor ever. Um, so she was like kind of refreshing in a movie where all the adults were out of control. And I worry about her taking that parental role on. Yeah. Um, but she says, were you a Girl Scout? Uh, I was a brownie for like half a year, but okay. we were too poor to continue with You it. didn't have an ego about it? No. Okay. Like my mom put me in that cause she's like, it's cheaper than daycare. Put her in Girl Scouts. So, um, she's, her daughter's ready for her junior Girl Scout like moment. It's coming up. And she's like, no, you're still a brownie until Wednesday. This is supposed to be an important plot point, but we don't really follow up with it. We kind of follow up with it, but not really, like, through the To end. me, the plot point here is that Kate completely has put herself behind her husband by letting him sleep in, and then she just volunteers at the Girl Scouts for her kid, and she has no life. You're true as hell. You're true as hell. Like, that is it. Like, and that is... I needed you to say that to me, because... I, I saw all that, but I literally, <laughs> you'll find out when I really was like, oh, it's on. And yeah. it's way too late. Like, I already knew what this movie was about and I had watched it twice. But then when I was like dialoguing it out, I was like, oh, I'm too late. Like, I, okay. So um, <laughs> she goes out, she's like feeding the chickens. As soon as I see the chicken coop, my mind goes to when is she getting locked in that? Because that's like what Lifetime movies have taught me. Like you don't establish a chicken coop without locking someone in it. And then she goes to feed the horses and she's like, Becky, get ready. If you want to go to the beach, we got to go drop you off. And her husband comes out shirtless. He looks hot. I actually like have a crush on Jack. That guy who plays her husband. I thought at first it was this actor that I've known for years named Tuck Watkins. Like who in personal so, like, or in movies. When you were little, I don't know if you thought ever thought like just have kind of a vague shadowy image of like my husband will be this kind of person. Yeah, that's like all I did. That yeah. is the guy who plays almost any husband in a, in a He's so movie. hot. But I thought it was my friend Tuck, and I was like, oh, Tuck is playing. And then I was like, no, you know, chronologically that does not check out because he he's like my age. He wouldn't have been old enough to play the husband. But that guy is his name's Ben Masters. I printed out the cast. List. I do think, and by the way, thank you. Like you're 
this is going to be one of those moments where like your wisdom is going to guide me through this. And you're, mm. there's going to be multiple Let's not get moments ahead of where you're like, no, like you've already like proven me. Like I, I always feel like an idiot when I'm going through this. Cause I'm like, can you believe this guy killed her? And like the guest is like, yeah, Molly, like the point of the movie is so we've already done that in three minutes. So he's like, your mom's coming to visit. I answered the phone. She goes, well, what if I traded you sexual favors to go pick her up? It's not really like the time for her to come visit anyway. And he's he's like, well, one would be a good time. She's like, four years from now. Interesting. Right. Um, that actually was bad writing because it makes you think, what's happening four years from now? True life. Like, you're like, oh, when Becky's like, what? And like the raging hormone stage of her teenage years or like you finish. That's a terrible like, time for your mother. Four years mother is an visit. election. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's so. Then I wrote. Kate goes to pick up her mom at the airport. I wrote, this looks like a block party, like at the airport. It's pre-9-11. People are coming and going. The security guards have nothing to do. Um, and Kate's like, mom, you know, they get in the car. She's like, mom, we have a barbecue coming up for my husband's work. We're going to play 516 to 616. Short clip, but very meaningful. You know, it's a Sunday barbecue, that's all. Oh, I'm so excited about seeing Becky. Oh. How is my little butterball? She's not a butterball anymore. What happened? I don't let her eat sugar anymore. Ooh, she must hate that. Not as much as she'd hate being fat. Oh, that's nonsense. I mean, she's only nine years old. You ate as much sugar as you wanted. Look how great you turned out. Oh, there's that market that carries that mint tea. Um, would you, uh... Well, you're probably in a hurry, you know. Oh, no. Honey time. Her mom's making her go to a market to buy a special tea, which I assume is a reducing tea. I honestly was like Chinese diet tea. Yes, like exactly. it's going to be, that's exactly but what it is. But how modern is that, that she was already denying her daughter sugar? I mean, <laughs> I know people it would was do that like with their kids. She was so ahead of the curve. Like yes. I've been like craving sugar, like a mad person these days. Um, In case this airs like, after our country and world has ended. Like, I just want everyone to know that like this week has been the Kavanaugh hearing and everything else because it's Monday. Um, but it's been uh rough and I've been like consuming sugar, like a mad person. And I don't even think the word was out about sugar when I was that age, like no. at all. Like it wasn't like, only among people who had eating disorders probably and were thinking about sugar. This is Well, that. you know what? I feel like I remember like my mom doing something where she was trying to cut out sugar. But the gym I belong to, and I love my gym, the guy who runs it started this like 30-day challenge because it's October 1st. Sure. And he was like, okay, that, that day you're not going to have any sugar. <laughs> and I woke up this morning and just went about my business. And I'm sorry, it's just not going to occur to me to not... To monitor my sugar. And, like, also, what do you Not. eat? Like, I just started following this keto couple on um, YouTube, and I'm obsessed with them. And, like, I don't think they fuck at all, and I don't know if they have ever. And that's okay if that's what they're into. But, like, I would like to... Um, Maybe they fuck their keto food. <laughs> I think that, like, the their keto takes the place of, like, 
other life shit. Like I've never heard them like make a joke that references pop culture or even be like affectionate towards each other. And sure, maybe it's all like what they want to put out on camera, but I'm also like, it doesn't seem like you can care this much about your food. It kind of reminds me of this guy I dated in San Francisco years ago who was, he, he's probably a men's rights activist now. But at the time, he was I'm like, familiar. I'm he was on like I need to tell you about the time my uncle taught me how to build a fire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't you just tell me how to build a fire? I'd yeah. rather know that than whatever your uncle... The tale is, yes, the folklore. ...told you about it. But he was so boring otherwise that I think he adopted that as his personality. It's and like so I stories. think you can definitely adopt... Well, people do it with religion all the time. All the time. No, you're completely right. You're completely right. And I'm sure he did. Like, in lieu of a personality, he just, like, connected himself to I these. think my dad did. My dad's a born-again Christian, and it's all he wants to talk about. And if anyone brings up anything else, yeah, he's like, can we get back to Jesus? Yeah, we're talking about Jesus here. He doesn't know how to talk about other shit. I was going to say, like, did like he get into that when he got sober or something? Or is he, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get sort into that. But like, it was weird. Like, he shopped around for AA meetings and he did tell us, like, I didn't like the Catholic ones because they are not AA meetings, but congregations. Sure. He's like, I didn't like Catholics because they're, they have too many wine and cheese parties. Yeah. And I'm trying not to drink. So I think it had something to do with his sobriety, but it also had to do with him. Not having anything to talk no about. No hobbies, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You know. I think about the people that get into Christian hobbyism, like, at, like, age eight and live it out throughout their whole life. And I'm like, what's going to happen when you hit a wall at 30? Like, where do you go from there? Because, like, at, you're a toddler, basically. I don't know. Maybe you branch out from crucifixes into onks or something or... Yes, different sim. Like that is when you go and get your own tattoo. Um, that said, if that if that clip scared you, um, this movie will scare you, and I'm giving you another chance to opt out. But I don't think most of you will. So, chintzy was a really trigger word for me. I don't know if that like hits you, but that's not a word you hear in our culture now. But was very big in my childhood. Right, chintzy. my mom would say things were chintzy. Yeah, and we were poor. And she would criticize people's decor and things as chintzy. Lace curtain Irish. Like, that's what we were. It's like, we're fancy, but, like, also we're humble because of the depression. That was, like, what I grew up with as parents. So, at the grocery, uh, Kate finds the tea she needs, but then she spots some, like, snack cake type things going on in the corner. They look like those kind of cookies that they used to call marshmallow pinwheels. And it's like a a wafer on the bottom. And then marshmallow on top, and then the whole thing's dipped in chocolate. That's so good. Which I always found them to be less than what I wanted them to be. Yeah, but I'll, like, fucking fully kill a um, moon pie. Like, nobody's business. It's just, like, I'm eating all good things. I don't care if it's good together or not. Like, yes, marshmallow. Yes, chocolate. Come through a graham cracker. Like, this kind of sucks, but, like, it's really good. Now, let me just say... Kate takes the cookies and she's looking at the like security mirrors what and do cameras. You call that whole, that beveled mirror, convex mirror. It's like you stealing. Yeah, it's yeah. a convex mirror that the whole like someone in the front of the convex. store can look at it and see. Yep. You know, maybe her hiding stealing? behind a yeah. display and shoving the cookies in her mouth, and then she puts the half-eaten package back on the shelf. Yeah, but uh, 
when I, the way she does it is almost comically furtive. She well, so they're also playing like extreme horror mu- music, like over this whole thing. Like it'll be like she picks it up, and you just hear like the strumming of like some instrument. Where I'm like, oh my god, only like the devil's servants could play that instrument. Like whatever right. it is, it's bad, isn't it? Um, if I'm remembering it right, isn't it like? Boom. Yeah, and then like, it's like, almost, it's like, it's like, is she gonna step into that room, bitch? Yeah, she's in it. Like, it's we're gonna play a little bit of the music later because unfortunately, well, fortunately, I guess for them, not only do they stay way too long on action in these movies, but this one, I can, I know they're filling commercial time based on like how long they're staying on certain scenes. Yeah. But this music only exists when they're like, well, what the fuck do we do to make these cookies look crazy? Like, we play music as if there's a killer around the corner. Yes, it's heavy foreshadowing, for sure. So she's eating these cookies breathlessly. Like, I could not believe how quickly she was eating in the eating scenes where it's animalistic, it's primal, it's crazy. And I thought for the first couple times, I hate to use the word crazy, I'm sorry. It's just, it's wild. So, like, the first time I watched this movie, I thought that she was afraid of her reflection, and I didn't realize that she was actively stealing, which is way less likable. <laughs> like, if you're going to, like, binge eat in the aisle, which is fine, I have no problem with that, but don't steal from this mom-and-pop grocery store. But it's like you forgot that stealing was wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. No, she's, like, she's gone in her thing, right? Yeah. So then... You think Kate's, like, gonna make right, and she, like, goes and, like, starts mom shopping again. She goes for a milk, but no, she, like, hides in the corner and, like, has to wash down her cookies with, like, a pint of milk that she then puts back for some other stranger to take, probably an elderly person, in my mind, and so for that, fuck you, Kate. Like, and then poor also, grandma. she found the tea for her mom, but then she put it on the shelf and she didn't even buy like it. Like a fucking sociopath, she puts the... She's sick. She puts the tea back and then she leaves the store, goes around behind the dumpster. She could have bought the tea. I don't understand why she didn't buy the tea. Well, the longer she stayed in the store, the more chance she would have been caught for eating the cookies. I don't, like, want to act like I know what it's like to own a grocery store. But, like, if I found a woman, like, that was clearly a mom, like, that maybe had a mom baking in a... SUV in the parking lot, like I would think, okay, I can eat the 250 on the cookies, like that's not a big deal. But I would like if she paid for the tea because it's obvious that she's not well, but that's like a good honor system. Right. I really felt like that made me sympathize less with Kate. The markup on the tea would probably make make up for the cookies. That's what I'm saying. Like you get that markup, and so (laughs) then she leaves the the store. Leaves. She and she goes behind the dumpster next to the store. Her mom's still waiting. Why did her mom wait in the car? That's weird. She was like, "Mom, don't worry about it." And I'm like, "She's not that." Like Faith isn't like she can't move her legs. Like she's great. Right. And she just came in on a plane. Like, don't you want to walk around after you get off the plane? The whole thing was very selfish of Kate. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I did leave this feeling like she's selfish. And, like, she said, Mom, don't worry about it. She only pulled over for the tea because she knew she could have cookies. Like, I don't know where we're pretending that this isn't very selfish. But also her mom shamed her, like, you know, about food. She's like, don't act poor. By the way, like, thank God your daughter's skinny. Yeah. Right? So... Um, they're like, they get, she gets into the car. She's like, um, can we just agree that this is going to be the best trip ever? And her mom's like, yes. Um, which I know from hanging out with my mom is like usually a sign that like the best is yet to come, sweetheart. So 
We're at a Girl Scout. Who fucking says that? Literally me and my mom. Like, you literally, say this is going to be the best trip ever to each other? Let's not fight. Like, we're going to make this a good trip. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're just We leave like, it unspoken in my family, and then we wait to see what fights. Yeah. She and I are kind yes. of at the beginning of acknowledging that it can be a nightmare. So, like, this is very much the transparent stage of, like, can we just not fall apart as a unit? Um, but anyway, so, um, we're at the Girl Scout meeting now the next day. Kate's doing that thing where she's like, does everyone want to be a Girl Scout? And everyone's like, yeah. Um, they keep making the kids yell louder and louder, which when I was watching this day, I was like, why did they make us do that? Like, you got to scream that you want to be a Girl Scout. It's very, uh, why do you have to be loud? Just be normal, normal voiced. Um, and she's like, don't worry, we're having the ceremony next week. At 12.30, tell your parents to be there. It's during their lunch hour. So she gets to the gym for aerobics class. She, like, it kind of interrupts this aerobics class to wave to her friend. Like, as if her friend is a small child. Like, you don't need to interrupt a class to be like, Gail, I'm here. Gail. Um, Gail, who is Sherry Belafonte, by the way. Gail's, like, everything, but she's also a very problematic friend. And I would tell my child not to carry that friend into adulthood. I think it would be hard to be friends with someone who teaches like 10 aerobics classes a day. How do people me, do personally. that? I couldn't even do someone who was I know, does I one don't spin know cycle. Either. It's a different physical constitution. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It is. Cuz if you're doing like a like a soul cycle instructor or whatever, like they can't drink anything but water. They have to eat only clean foods. Like they can't go out to a crazy meal if they have it's it's wild to me. Um, so then we go to Kate at the juice bar where there's this like hunky guy. I don't think it was a juice bar back then. It was just a water bar, right? Maybe it was. I don't, I like, I was surprised by bar. it. I was surprised by it. Cause I was like, this seems very like modern, but there's this hunky guy like tending bar. Um, let's play this clip from 1153 to 1414. And eight. Bend one. How can you have a calorie count up next to your juices? Everybody be drinking water. Drink water. Fewer calories. <laughs> oh, you look very hip. Oh, Girl Scouts. No. Listen, I have a class in ten minutes. Why don't you go put on your leotard and I'll whip your button to shape. That is just what I need. How's the cutest husband in America? He's doing some litigation for a big bank and he and Monica Fields are working together night and day. You have nothing to worry about. I've seen her naked. Bad? Would give you nightmares. Ooh, thanks for cheering me up. See you, Brad. Here I go. <laughs> I thought the party was this week. No, the little party, the barbecue this weekend. The big party and the losses two weeks. Very fancy. Makes me very nervous. Why? What do you have to do? Show up. What are you gonna wear? Oh, you know, I got this crazy idea. I want to make Jeff real proud of me. So I thought I'd wear the same dress I wore at his law school graduation 10 years ago. Does it still fit? Uh, not exactly. What size is it? Four. That's not a size, that's a golf term. Oh, well, it used to be my size. I figure I've got to lose about 10 pounds before it'll fit me. Will you help me out? I'll run your racket. Oh! Are you okay? Yeah, I'm just got dizzy. Come on, let's rest. 
you give them your card. I was too sure. I tell you, if I ever start to look like them, just, just shoot me. You? You're the most disciplined person I know. Come on, you work with some of the best bodies of our time. No, I work with some of the most obsessed people of our time. I can't tell you who, but there's an actress that lives about a mile up the beach from here. She just had an abortion, so she'll do a nude scene in her next picture. That's horrible. That's not true, is it? Yeah, I'm afraid so. Well, that's not the only thing. There's this young college girl who works out at the club with me. Yeah? She tells me that she eats the refrigerator and barfs her guts up about four or five times a day. Okay, so the way that Gail talks about other people in this movie, I will say that she tries, she's like a blind item head. Like, she really, I'm like, Ted Casablancas, is that you? Because right. she won't tell any names of what's happening with people. But she'll be like, guess what model who lives up the street just got an abortion? It's like, this is Because not... she had to do a nude scene. Like, yeah. she's talking about, she got it to, not because she didn't want to have a child. Sure. But... But she got it so she could be naked on camera. And like, but even then, I don't even know if that's like terrible. I just will say this is not Gail's fucking business to like be. I never judge anybody for why they get an abortion. No, I wouldn't not even at judge all. a mod. Like, I, I wouldn't care. think that's like. I wouldn't think that's like beach talk. Like, I wouldn't be like, hey, you feel bad about your body? Well, guess what? Like, she just got an abortion. Like, that is a wild series of <laughs> things to like roll out, and so private. To someone that she also knows that she knows well enough that she can't say it. This scene is very traumatic, the next scene, because she's trying to zip into a dress to wear Meredith Beckstein. This is going to be our, it, it's the most, honestly, for me, the most relatable scene. We're going to get to it after we cycle through this, but I will say this is the most relatable scene. So we know now from the scene we just heard, everyone in America, you just heard this, um, but she's 120 pounds, as we said. And allegedly, she can't fit into a size four, which I don't understand metrically how that works unless you are a very short person. Because being 120 pounds usually means you can fit into a size four. So this all doesn't make any sense to me. in today's sizes. Even in then sizes, because then they were bigger. Yeah. So I'm like, you can't tell me that, but whatever. We'll believe this for the sake of this. I think they were trying to... A size four was even smaller. Was it? And now it's Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. Because yeah. Marilyn Monroe, everyone says like, oh, she was a size 10. And it's like, but that's a size two now. Sure, yeah. sure. Sorry. Um, but I felt like they were still like hiking it up for the audience at home to not feel badly about their number. Um, and it just felt very untrue to me, the, these stats. So um, the daughter- Also, the dress she's trying to fit into was like the hostess costume at a Chinese restaurant. Out in a rural Thank you. Place. And I have never seen like a kimono style dress that, which we'll get to, it seems to zipper from like the back of her like left or her, yeah, her left they hip zip to up the, the front. side and then there's a flap because I bought one at, I should have bought one at Pearl River Mart in New York. Sure. But I bought one at Patricia Fields. It had been marked up, but it was really beautiful. Right. Um, and I still have it in my closet, but I haven't fit into it in years. Um, maybe my daughter will wear it. Yeah, someday. But she's not a butterball. <laughs> but- <laughs> butterball. That yeah. is also was such a common term. That yes. was like... Butterball, you chintzy butterball. But I had just seen Roxanne Gay had posted something on Instagram about doing a photo shoot. And you know how demoralizing it is. You've done photo shoots where you have to send your sizes and measurements in. Yeah. And they still have fucking shit that doesn't fit you. Yeah. And Roxanne Gay was saying, like, I still have, you know, like, I still go to these things and nothing fits me. 
even though I've given them my complete sizes. And then I watched this movie and saw her trying to zip into a dress. And there is something that's very, it's that we do to each other as women, where it's like, Meredith Baxter Bernie, you can't get into a size four, you know, whatever it was for the sure. show. Uh, well, you can wear six, so stop bitching because I'm right. a 12 or whatever. Right. It's this kind of cascade of just non-sympathy that we have for each other sure. about things. It's just awful. It is. It is. I mean, well, it's, it is. Or like, just but like I come go, away uh, from photo shoots <laughs> thinking, that stylist was evil. It's projection. Because they did know yeah. what my sizes were, and then they still had stuff that was way too small for me to wear. I don't always know my, I don't, because I don't weigh or like do inches or anything because of like the way I am. But I will say that I, I know what fits my body. And I remember showing up to something. I actually flew across the country to go do it. Flew to New York to do it. And it was like, I was taking a chance on some like young kids of like, they were putting together like a zine and they were like, or I was like, okay, yeah, I'll absolutely come and help you out. And I said, the only thing is that I don't do high-waisted. And when I get there, all they pulled was high-waisted. And I said to the like, kind of like assistant and like, she became my like go girl where I was like, oof, you are like saving me today. She, I said to her, I said, I told them I don't wear high waisted. And she was like, yeah, but they thought that you were doing like a, a buffer. Like, oh, I don't like, like hot in this. I was like, no, no, no. Like I literally like every worst asset of mine is on display. I feel like terrible. And for me, that was my version of that. And I... It was, you don't feel confident. Like, and that's the bottom line is it's not a good photo shoot because no one feels like super great. And you do sometimes feel like they're your enemy. Um, And I'm sure like on higher end shit you go and like someone has some weird agenda. But like this was just people not listening to like the basics of like, yo, don't let my button hit like where my tits start because I have no torso. That's why I can't do high waist. I have. We're in the same boat. Long legs, no torso. Love it. Look, I have a tip for you. This is all I'm wearing now, even though I'm not wearing it right now. Tell me. Adidas track pants and black turtlenecks. Oh, that's smart. Maybe a gold chain. Where do the Where do the pants hit you? Well, they're like low. Oh, they're, okay. I like you that. buy those track pants that have the stripes on the side. Yeah. I have them in orange and red, so I don't feel that boring. It's like your seat. I'm like a grand. I'm still wearing granimals. Yeah. <laughs> I have orange and red and. Nice steel gray. And I wear those, and then I wear a black turtleneck. And um, if I put my hair up in a, a knot, then I'll wear, like, super dangly earrings. To You're kind of, killing it. That I is such it, a I genius. I call it butch chic. It's that is, like, thing. completely taking advantage of but the one trends thing I, in all I the right mentioned, ways. I commented on Roxanne's post and I, on Instagram, and I said, I just wear a uniform now. It's either this or that. And it takes all that out of it. Yeah. I mean, it takes the pain out of having somebody set. We all want someone to set us up something like that. Sure. But But like the other thing with Kate too. I leave nothing to chance. I I have, I gained 15 pounds since Japan. Japan was like a marker for me because I ate so unusually for myself. And it, 
like I'm now at the point where I'm like, this isn't getting better. Like it's not just like falling off because you're in your world. I don't know if it's because of my medication or whatever. Because you're jeweling. My <laughs> shit doesn't fucking fit me. I know. And like that is my. I, I don't ever weigh myself. I just want my pants to fit. That's all I care about, yeah. right? I don't. I won't use the scale because it gets really tedious and it doesn't always matter. But um, I will say that Kate set herself up for a major failure here because, like, she put this goal in mind of fitting into a dress she wore 10 years prior to this event. Wasn't it, like, to some high school dance or something? It was something or? very lame. She says um, she wore it to um, – sorry. I don't know where she wore it. I didn't write it down. Um, their engagement party. It was like an engagement. Something. It was something. It was right. even like maybe his first job or something. It was yeah. something very dumb. His so, first blow job. His first blow job. Um, so she, the daughter calls home. Um, she, They're getting ready for the party. Kate's like out, hair in a pony, doing her thing. Um, she's getting the party ready. And her daughter calls home sick from a sleepover. I relate to that. I did that all the time in the 80s pick up that phone and call and say I'm scared and then she's like we have nothing going on here nothing is happening everything's the same we'll see you tomorrow and then dad gets on the phone and he's like we'll even save you a big piece of cake so he hangs up the phone she's like don't tell her about cake like we don't eat sugar in this family um and she's like well she'll thank me someday and he says when she grows up like her mom beautiful lean and mean yeah. Uh, it's like kind of a sexy no moment. Gi- yeah, but nobody's giving any positive body Im- the, like, image there's nothing messages not. at all in this movie. So the um, so Gail's the first person to arrive at the party, and she's like, hey, the husband loves her, which I loved. Because I was like, oh, sorry, I hit that. Is that okay? I was like, I love that he was respectful to her friend. He was excited to see her friend. Um, he gets nothing out of Gail. So she's like, guess you just had their fat sucked. So Gail like comes in, immediately explains to everyone what lipo is, and to know that someone in the community had it, and you'll know because she ran around in a bikini. Gail is a three. walking blind item. Gail literally is Ted Casablancas, and by the way, where is Ted? Like I don't know where he is. I just know he informed like a huge part of my Didn't life. He coined toothy tile. Toothy tile and Jordash junkie. Was and toothy tile? Can I say it? Who? Gyllenhaal. Oh really? Oh, everybody everyone... said it was Andy Dick. Was Toothy Tile really? Because he had an Audi TT. Whoever it was had an Audi TT. This is that is everything. Wait a minute. No, like, do you understand my part of the world? Such a nineties deep dive. No, no, no. no. Do you understand how many people are probably breathing a sigh of relief because I literally would have the things that were associated with Toothy versus Andy Dick, who I always feel is very overt. Like, I feel like Toothy Tile, like, overt as fuck. Andy right. Dick, overt as fuck. That's why we all thought it was Jake Gyllenhaal, was because we were like, this must be someone who's doing it behind closed doors. Then that's not interesting, Ted. Of course I assumed Andy Dick was doing shit like that. Right. It was like a non-blind, blind item. God damn it, Ted. We're talking about an old gossip column. Was Those it on who Gawker? Know, was that what it, it was? Um, it was E had it had e. Ted online. Um, so Kate's um, talking about how she feels insecure about the party. We're covering like four decades in this podcast. If they know, they know. If they don't know, they need to get googling, honey. Um, I follow up on what's going on with Jake Paul, so you need to know what happened twenty years ago with blind <laughs> items. That's what I'm saying. If you don't get it. 
So um, Kate tells her uh, has or her friend, she's like feels really insecure because everyone at the party does something like with their lives. Um, and Gail says, "But do their legs look as good as you as yours?" So then um, Faith comes out, her mom, and she apparently is dressed to the nines. But I'm watching this on YouTube, so it looks like she's wearing a white robe. Um, and she's wearing like a mother of the bride outfit. Yes. Kate sees that her mom's wearing the pearls and she goes, yes, I want to show everyone how uh, well off and generous my son-in-law is, which is girl like that's their money. And they gave it to you. Kate probably bought it. Um, but then she's like, Kate, you should change. You know, um, you're the wife of a very important attorney. It's one thing for Gail to look like this because she's an exercise person, like very like classist and strange and also not the tone of a BBQ. No. So, um, we go later on to Kate finding something to wear. This is the scene what, that we were talking about with the dress. Um, then we go to later on in the party. Kate is bustling around in the kitchen. And Miss Lawson, the neighbor, comes in, tells her that the house is gorgeous. Kate has a great imagination. Let's play this scene. It's a lot. <laughs> Jack tells me you decorated this house all by yourself. Yeah, well, I, I wanted a decorator, but we decided to use the money to buy Becky a horse instead. Well, I think you made the right choice. You have lovely taste and wonderful imagination. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Lawson. Oh, I can't eat another thing. Except maybe some chocolate cake and maybe one little strawberry. <laughs> Evelyn, I'm sure that my daughter has scolded you for bringing in the dishes. Hmm, you did a good job with this one, Faith. Oh, thank you. <laughs> One more. Kate, I'm very concerned. What's wrong? I think Monica Fields is making a play for Jack. That's crazy. Well, you should just see what's going on out there. Monica's not making a play for Jack. Even if she were, you know, he wouldn't be interested in her. Go see for yourself. Monica, how do you feel about the guest of honor, Jack Stark? I think he's very cute. Cute? I think he's rather cute. Yeah. Cute? Cute. What kind of way is that to talk about a distinguished colleague? Attention, everyone. Oh, it's me. It's Tom Oh, hey. Look at that. Thanks. That's great. Okay, wait. Now, give me a smile. Come on, Kate. It's not my good side. Oh, come on. It looks real good from here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a toast. Time for toast. Here's your drink, Jack. Thanks. Now, on behalf of Alan, myself, rest of the firm, I'd just like to say that Jack Stark is a damn fine lawyer. And I am proud to call him partner. And as we all know, behind every good man, there is an even better woman. <laughs> and I'm talking about Kate our beautiful and gracious hostess who has made us all feel very welcome in her home. Bravo. And while we're talking about beautiful ladies, I would like to propose a toast to my lovely niece who is about to become partner in the firm. To Monica, the greatest lady lawyer since Portia. It's a pleasure to call you partner. Monica. Jack, don't forget your most important partner of all. I love you. And if I don't get a piece of that cake soon, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs>
Everyone watched them kiss. Everyone watched them kiss. And also everyone has like a boner for like a sheet chocolate cake. Like, I'm like, sweetie, that like you took the clamshell off from Ralph's five seconds ago. Like that is the least appealing. And like everyone is so horned up about this cake from the daughter that's not even at the house to like all these grown ass men. Like that is actually, if I remember one thing about the 80s, everyone being like way too horned up about cake. Yes. Like at every, they'd be like, but when when's the cake coming out? Um People still are, and I don't even like cake. I don't like or cake. Pie. Yeah, I just Bring got around to pie. Bring with a candle in it for my birthday. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I like. I I just started to get into pie because I'm like I want to learn how to bake that. Oh, because okay. I'll never pref- like I'll eat all the cakes if I make them, but pie I'm like one slice for me please, and then the rest for like everyone else, and I look great because I made a pie. Cake is so unsatisfactory on every level. It's not interesting to look at for me unless it's been highly decorated. Usually it tastes terrible. And it's like, if it's from a store, it's for sure gross. Although I do have to say, there was one year where my daughter's birthday fell on like the school camp out. Yeah. And everyone told me, just get the cake. The fun at, We had to get a cake for like 50 people or something. Yeah. And they're like, just get it at Costco. Get a sheet cake from Costco. And I thought, Costco, Costco has good pastry. That's fucking gross. And guess what? It was one of the best cakes I've ever eaten. Yeah, my mom was a caterer when I was growing up. And, like, Costco, I do know that, like, fundamentally. Because sometimes for certain parties, she'd be like, "You, I'm not baking you a cake. But I'll go. Like, she, I'll get you a cake. And Costco has kind of the best pastries out there. They have great cookies. They have really good cakes. Way, the Ralph's is disgusting. Yeah. Everything there is gross. But Costco's good. I will say, but I, I don't understand like being a horny over like a devil's food sheet cake from. Well, guess what? You better get horny because that's the big scene. Horn it up, bitch. <laughs> I got to get into my flowers in the attic <laughs> mental place. You know what I mean? So you can be super horns. Of course, so... the big scene is everyone's <laughs> left the party. Cakes. Kate is cleaning up and let's just cut to it. She tells her husband to get the fuck out of the house. She basically makes him drive Monica home. She makes him drive her rival home. Right. And then her mother is this. Are we going to watch her mother yell at her? No, we're just going to we're going to tell we're going to tell it to each other. She's like sending your husband off with that sexy hussy. Which, like, I will say, like, as a doctor, Laura, um, knowing she's a terrible person, but still listener anyway. I will say, I'm like, my ears went up. I'm like, why would you send when you have the chance to be? You have to be sick. That's what it is. You have to be sick. Because if you would ever say to your husband, the better alternative is for you to drive an attractive woman with a seemingly endless amount of attention to give you home in your car. Um, yeah. Rather than stay here because I want to binge. Jack literally would have loved nothing more than for everyone to get the fuck out, for Gail to drive Monica home, and then to jump his wife's bones. But Kate's like, no, I don't want to have sex with you. In fact, drive home the girl I'm afraid you're going to have sex with. And my mom's going to yell at me, then I'll binge. So her binging. You're way more into Jack than I am. Oh, I'm so oh, I'm so into Jack. But like also sometimes like when we watch these movies, I really latch on. And I'm like, her 12-year-old brother's fucking hot and he's right. Like I get very like, I really like sometimes when I latch on, I latch on. So once like the mom leaves after yelling at her, we go into probably I think a 45-minute binge eating scene where she is just like moving room to room. It's like, I don't know. It, it felt like watching modern dance where she started out at one counter and she was like, I've never seen anyone eat I like that. I think she ate some caprese first, right? Yeah. 
started light. Curly Sue, though, like, was a more elegant eater than, like, this woman. Like, Kate has been technically deprived of nothing, but she eats, like, fists of food. And she just digs into the salad, bare knuckles it into her fucking face. Then she... See, I would have, like, as someone who does... I realize, like, I thought I'd binge ate when I was depressed, but I, when the tiny triumphs come plate. along, I also will eat nachos and tacos. So I don't know, but but you put it on. Why a plate. would you bother with salad? I don't know. Like I was like, maybe it's a Wouldn't good dressing you just go for the you know. Sometimes you drink like a good in the dressing. gravy, or... right? Right. Sometimes you just like like you're like I want that nice Mediterranean flavor, and I'll switch over to the roast later. Like you want that transition of you food. You still want your four course meal, right? Whatever. You're like I not even the greens. It's like I want the dressing, and so then she goes like she's eating it so desperately that the entire tray that all of this stuff is on falls over onto the floor. Then she follows the tray onto the floor and just keeps eating. And I thought at some point, like she'd snap out. Yeah. And I also feel like in that moment when I was watching it, that we were supposed to feel like, Oh my God, that's so sad that she'll eat food off the floor. Oh. But I've eaten food off the floor. I probably ate food off the floor twice this week. Yeah, no, all the time. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Five second rule. Have that highest standard. Oh, no. So. Five second rule is my life. Like, I, I'm all about it. I put a piece of broccoli back in the fridge yesterday that, like, fell on the floor. And I was like, this is still broccoli. Like, I'm yeah. still going to eat it. Fuck it. It's your floor. The point is, is that to follow a falling tray, <laughs> sorry, to follow a falling tray of food onto the floor and like continuously eat it is yes. pretty wild. So you're like, okay, she's going to snap out of it. But no, then she fixates on the chocolate cake on the other counter, gets up, goes to the island. It's really like she made a meal of this whole, literally a meal of it, but like she ate a meal of like the space of this room. Right. So then she goes to the cake and she's like, just like clamshells in her hands and just like fucking shoving it. I've never seen someone eat like this. That's what it is. Well, I think we probably all ate like that when we were getting our one or two year old birthday cake. Sure. Because we have pictures that glorify it in a way. I honestly was like, this is like Shawshank Redemption style. Like this is hard work. Like I felt like she was digging. Like I was like, this is what this is what didn't we didn't see in Shawshank. Like, because all of a sudden they were just out of the wall. Like, she's fucking... I've never seen someone use their hands like that. And she's, like, also having, like, maybe a savory sexual moment with her hands at a couple times. Like, I was like, is she just kissing her hand? What's going on? Yeah. So then she gets up from the cake that's on the floor, which we'll talk about in a second because I have an issue with the dogs. Um, she goes to over to, like, a pot roast, and then her mom comes in. And... She, oh, no, no, no. And then after the pot roast, she's like, takes a minute. She walks away and I'm like, oh, she's going to snap out of it and be like, what did I do? Or she's going to go back for more food. But no, that moment she goes and like pulls the trigger. She empties her stomach. Let's just say that. So then her mom comes down and is like, hey, what's going on? I thought I heard you throwing up. And she was like, no, me? No, 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 no. I was fine. Um, and everyone's like, well, what the fuck is going on down here? Yeah, like, there's, there's like food, food everywhere flung all around the kitchen. And she's like, I went out to check the fire in the back, which I never knew there was a bonfire element to the party. Um, and she's like, no, no, and the dogs like ate all this shit. And I'm like, well, yo, like, I know that like there was an ignorance about dog and dogs and chocolate. Like at the time, my grandfather would like feed the dog Reese's and be like, isn't it crazy how the dog loves these? Like, but it's, you didn't just like let your dogs eat a fucking chocolate sheet cake like ever. 
Also, we never see the dogs at, at any point during the movie. There's also no, like, that is also a really good point, Sarah. Like, like not she goes only, running and here I am, I'm, like, enraged or... about the fucking dogs. Like, I haven't even bothered to notice there are no dogs in this movie. Oh like, and by the way, were there chickens? Like, Wait a just... minute. Are we just figuring out that this movie is it's... not holding up? <laughs> Sarah, thank you for, like, do you understand this is why we're in trouble? Is because I'm, like... But this is a really good movie. Like, why wouldn't they cast a dog? Like, I get very... Thank you. So... That um, adds to the budget. Then you have to have an animal wrangler and all that stuff. So, so um, the mom tells her she's, like, really just came down. Faith came down to say sorry. She doesn't want to fight. She wants a nice time. Welcome back to me and my mom after the Britney Spears concert when she ignored me for half an hour. Sammy, I might tell you to cut that if we're not speaking in a month. If not, you can leave all of this in. Um... But it's just that she's worried about her sometimes. She says that Kate doesn't want... Um, Kate says she doesn't want to fight either, and they hug. It's almost romantic. Like, the love... Like, the... Yeah. Mm. Between the mother. Well, some kind of weird symbiosis going on, for sure. Um, this is powerful. So the next scene we see after this is the next generation. Um, Kate is doing aerobics in the living room with her daughter. Um, which, like, she's too young to be doing aerobics. Of course. But let's play it. Uh, Twenty-seven forty-three. It's like a Jane, the Jane Fonda workout. What they're doing, basically. It's jazz or yeah, yeah, it was like fun to play, but you don't actually do it. Um, Twenty-seven forty-three to thirty-one sixteen. Four, three, two, one. Let it burn. These are hard. Most seems to make a stronger arm. Do you think it's harder to be pretty or smart? What do you mean? You do a lot of stuff to look good. Hard stuff. Is that harder than the stuff you have to do to be smart? You mean like going to school? Yeah, or being a lawyer. <laughs> I think being a lawyer is harder. I don't think so. All right. What do you think? I think it's easier to make your brain work hard. And I think it's very hard to make yourself pretty. And I think it's really hard to worry about what you eat all the time. Do you worry about what you eat all the time? No, but you do. You just put water in my juice. You know I don't like it that way. I'm sorry. I'll drink this one. No, I'll drink it. I don't want to be fat just in case it's harder to be smart than I think it is. Now listen, you. You are very bright. And you are very pretty. I love you very much. I don't... Well, who's ready for dinner? And a movie. Okay. Can I go in my leotard? Uh, yeah, just don't take off your sweatshirt. Well, we better get out of here so you can shower. Mm -hmm. Ooh, doesn't that look pretty? Mm -hmm. You know, I think that Monica Fields must be a superwoman. Well, how else does she find the time to be a lawyer and still keep herself looking so nice? I don't know, I guess single people just have more time in general. Well, girls like that don't stay single too long. Listen, honey, why don't you wear something a little sexy tonight? Show Jack that even married ladies can find the time to look nice, too. Ma, Jack, Jack loves me no matter what I'm wearing. And, well, he should. But, but, honey, look, I'm just trying to help. I know that you're every bit as good as any of those people that Jack works with. I just want you to show them that you are. That's all. Can I have popcorn at the movies? Well, honey, you can have anything you want. No sugar. Um, and straight home from the movie. It lights out by nine. 
I want you to be wide awake for the flying up ceremony tomorrow. I'm going to spend the whole day tomorrow with Jean. She wants to come to see Becky become a junior Girl Scout. Jack said we could use his car. Ah, uh, well, we'll talk about this later, okay? Well, but if you're up in the bedroom. Okay, so here's a thought. So, and I'll say this now because. Hi. Hello? She does movie oh, spaces hi. for yeah, talking, just, unlike sure, anyone I've ever seen. She waits a full 30 seconds between each thing well, she says. Well, can't you meet with her later? I, I have so, to like, something special. So, like, this generation of Lifetime movie is, like, well, let's say for Flowers in the Attic. That was, like, I am an ornament. I can't work. I'm useless. That was the tone no, with that. Um, this is like you're an ornament. That's great, but also show Maybe that you might be smart. And now on Lifetime movies, it's all like, well, no, you know, that. you can't have a family. Idea. You chose your career. Like it's really well, bad. What time do you think you'd universally? Be There's never been a Lifetime movie where a woman truly had it all. I'm sorry, I'm just disappointed. No, That's not even an I'm Me Wed. <laughs> she marries herself. Yeah, you like... will suffer somehow if you try to have it all. Yeah, even if you're Juno Temple. I just need to get my reference of Juno Temple out of the way for the bingos card. She's a center square. Okay, Is so... Is Juno Temple a big Lifetime movie? Person? No, she's my favorite actress. And so I bring... Really? Like, no matter what I'm watching, I'm like, you know, who would have killed that Juno Temple? And it became such a thing the first season that they... Like, the... Um, I'll call you guys what you chose on Facebook to be the nacho experts. Um, you guys said... Um, which is, I love that you love nachos and you're here for the big announcement that that's our fan name, um, uh, <laughs> listener name, whatever you want to call it. Nacho experts, um, like took to it that I was always bringing up Gino Temple and she became the center square on our nacho expert listener made bingo card. Oh, that's amazing. Um, which I will, Sammy, probably when you're going to be the guest next week, spoiler alert, guys, Sammy's going to be my guest next week. Um, we we should do the bingo card IRL because I have cool. laminated ones from Chelsea. She said that great Jill Soloway movie where she played the stripper. Juno. Yes. Oh, um, afternoon delay. Yes. Yeah, she's my she's my favorite actress. Like I. Why is that? She's so good at putting a word in her mouth. Like my favorite movie she's ever done is Dirty Girl, and you forget like she's a British. Yeah, Actress. is she British in that movie? No, like, she no. is. She plays someone with like such like her. I would say her accent lands like here. And if for anyone at home, I'm pointing to like the jaw, like near my ear, on the left side of my face. Like her accent comes from like a different place in her mouth, and I'm just like you study language like you're a real actress, and like also she's special looking and like so good, and I like. I just think that she was, like, miscast in a few of her, like, big breakout-type roles. They weren't enough for her to work with. But, like, she's so good in, like, Dirty Joe and my favorite Dirty Girl. She is – there's a lot of – yeah. Like, she is – Dirty this, dirty, dirty that. Dirty that. But, like, I literally – Dirty Girl was such a small movie that I watched it and I – was able to Facebook message the director. And I just was like, yo, like you made the best movie. And he literally was like, thanks so much. And I was like, this shouldn't be right. Like you can't have this I'm great. I'm not supposed a- to be allowed to talk to you. Yes. The great, you know, temples in your murderer. Movie. You're right. Or like, <laughs> even like, just like you're hot. Like you're, you sh- you're making Hollywood movies, baby. Like your movies should be big enough that you don't have time for this. Well, here's a good connection. We can do a little sidebar here. A Juno moment? The reason, well, a a Jill and Faith Soloway moment. The reason I know about Kate's secret and the reason I even watch Lifetime movies, because I came from a house where we never had cable. Yeah. I didn't have, I was too poor for cable in college. 
So I didn't have access to these things. But when I started working um, with my sister Becky and Jill and Faith Soloway, they were obsessed with these movies. Really? And so the way I came to them, and they were obsessed with them in, you know, it was when we were doing the Real Life Brady Bunch. So we were already kind of lampooning right. the Brady Bunch. So we were not like going and watching these movies to search out genuine, you know, community and advice about right. eating no, no, disorders no. or whatever. We actually used to do, you know, scenes together where we'd eat a cake like that as at the end of a party. I love as that. A joke. So we would what talk about Kate's Secret a lot. And in fact, I ended up doing a, a play with them, a musical called Not Without My Nipples. And we all played like made for TV movie actors. I love that. And um, But you guys never crossed over into genuine viewership. Like it stayed a, a bit. Because, like, I feel like I sometimes I don't know where the lifetime ends and I begin. Like, I start up no, being like, No, we watched them obsessively because uh, there is a realness there. I have there. to say, yeah, there is a realness. And also, we were definitely watching them and laughing at them. Sure. But there's also kind of a, there had to be a relatability baseline i'm so glad you're here to do this with us like for real like this is a great that's how i learned about kate's secret was through them because they're like have you seen the movie where meredith baxter bernie eats a whole cake i mean that's quite a teaser thanks ladies like this is i honestly i've never touched meredith baxter bernie for the reason that i just don't i didn't know who would be the right person but for you i wanted to go there and to hear the backstory it's fascinating, and also I'll always doubt whether or not you would have cried like I did when I watched Drew Peterson for Here. the first time. You want to jewel it? Yeah, I'm going to jewel Can we tell the audience? Sure. I know you have teenagers. I don't want them to know you jeweled. I found a jewel in my teenager's room. Oh, no. Of course it belonged to his friend. Oh, sure. Of course. It had flower stickers on it. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. still could be his. I wanted to get a jewel skin. Do you know what those are? They're like stickers you put on your jewel. I wanted to get like a little Zan one. Yeah, I wanted to get like a little Zan jewel skin. How deep are you supposed to drag on this? I don't know. Like, I think it's a choose your own adventure. But by the way, in a little bit, we will have Sammy's, um, Sammy Junio, our producer. We will have her Gilmore Girls Corner coming up. We're going to do a 60 second departure. Just talk about Gilmore Girls. During that time, um, I'll, I'll give you an extra 15 seconds to address the jewel issue because you're jeweling right now. We jewel as a fam. I have two packs upstairs for you, by the way. Um, yeah, I overordered. Um, anyway, so, um, okay, so where are we? Okay, we just did that workout scene, which was a nightmare. So her husband can't come over to her. So what's she going to do? She's going to binge eat. This is like a really, Again. this is the like, this is the makeover scene, but in this movie where it's like, you get to this watch her go through. This is the Sex in the City closet fashion show scene, except she's going through drive throughs It's so good. And like, the, <laughs> I, I, it's just, it's so good. Like she goes through the, but like also they're playing like scream two music. Like yeah. it's not even scream one. It's just like regular, like, mm. like it's terrifying. And yeah. you're like, oh my God, is like a killer going to, no. Whatever it is, it's definitely public domain. The killer is a hamburger that's all it is so then i only want to play one part of this it's exactly like a minute long it's um when she's gone from the ice cream store where the guy chased her out of the store and said ma'am don't you need another spoon for your daughter like has she lied aggressive have you ever done that at a restaurant um yeah like or like if i've gotten room service or something i've been like honey someone's in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. But like, I go so far as to be like, I just like text my postmates and I'm like, hey, I'm like, um, I had a really hard day. Like, can you just leave it at the door and like, I'll do it later. And it's like, or sometimes I'll say like, we're really tired, but it's like me. I lie still. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what they don't know is that it's for a week, but it also could just be for tonight. But also they don't need to know. But I'm maybe single. I want a one bite of everything tonight. Yeah. And also <laughs> like, I don't need anyone knowing that like I'm home alone. But you know? that's why I feel for, remember when the, the tabloids were, I quit buying tabloids or looking at them. Um, when Britney Spears shaved her head, cause oh, I felt like yeah. any, I'm contributing to, I was working in gossip at that time, like fun of some, I think that's when I started reading your gossip actually, Oh Jesus! but I oh, quit my God, really? buying them then, but they would also, they love to shoot Kirstie Alley eating in her car. And of course we all fucking eat in our car. Yeah. I have a Lara spot Flamboyle. on Chandler in Burbank that I'm like. I'm going to go to Taco Bell right. and I'm going to drive around the block and I'm going to eat in my car. That's so normal. Whoever lives in that house has seen me wolf down all manner of things. I feel like I grew up like my mom. I think it's weird when you want to eat inside the restaurant. That to me is weird. I'm like, why would you eat in McDonald's when you can eat? Your, yeah, no, I'm not going to eat in some hard plastic chair. Right. Like it's already shameful. Like I don't need to be like in a prison. Right. I like, want to listen to serious radio in my car. Oh my God. I love that. Like yeah. put on like an interview and just like fucking like eat your chicken nuggets. That's the best. Um, it's so good. Um, but my thing is like, okay, the antidote to that is like getting to see Lara Flamboyle like swig Jack Daniels in her car or Johnny Walker was what she was drinking. Oh, did she? Oh, there was like this year. There was like picture. It's it's terrible. What happened to her? Um, well, I think that. obviously like life happened to her for one. Yeah. And then, but then two, like everything else. But she was just pictured leaving um, the Gelsons at like ho- the only place I've ever been pulled over in L.A., God bless. Um, she's like in that Gelson's in WeHo and she comes out with like a single like happy birthday balloon and then gets in her car and pulls out a bottle of Johnny Walker and is drinking it in the driver's seat of her car and the paparazzi got all this and it's like, hon, like, are you okay? Like, it's obviously the answer is no. Was it her birthday? I honestly hope. Like, I would love if that was the end of that story. That it was her birthday and her birthday present to herself was to go get a fucking balloon and rip Johnny Walker in the parking lot of Gelson's. As long as she got home before it set in, you know? Isn't it amazing that, like, and yet there goes Jack Nicholson coasting along on whatever path killing he's his, on. Killing it. Like, literally killing it. Like, I still don't, I like, and I'm not here to throw stones tonight, but, like... I don't know if Jim Carrey murdered that girlfriend of his or not. Like, I don't know any of these people. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but I do know that poor Lara Flamboyle has literally not even put her head up for air. I love on the record what's saying, with, I hate Jim Carrey's paintings. I don't think there's anything valuable about painting ugly, hideous, nasty paintings of ugly, hideous, nasty people. Sure. I don't that at all. And I didn't like that uh, really nice YouTube video about the beautiful young actress Emma Stone that he made a few years ago. I have no Jim oh, Carrey yeah. agenda. That's weird. But I will say that, like, poor Lara Flynn Boyle is literally just trying to go to Gelson's with her goddamn birthday balloon, who, like, literally has not worked in a decade. <laughs> Although, honestly, she shouldn't be swigging whiskey in her No, car. no, no, no. But, like, let her be iconic and, like, don't even worry about it. Like, we don't... We didn't need to follow her today. Like, that could have been followed up differently. But... 
That said, we get okay. what we do. Let's watch the horror montage so of the drive through we're not going to watch all that. I just want to watch the guy who's describing the way pepperoni is made to his girlfriend. Um, it's like a little preamble, and I can't tell if it's improv or not, but the only scene Probably. I want to play is the one minute where she orders pizza at the very end of her binge. This is the tail end. Um, and he's uh, describing how pepperoni is made to her, his girlfriend. Thank you. All kinds of ground up meat, like parts that don't even have a name, and then it's all mashed up and stuffed in these long hot dogs. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a hurry. My, my daughter's waiting. Okay, forget the pepperoni. Cheese. Okay, what can I get for you? Uh, uh what, have, what have you have ready? Uh, my daughter. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really, if you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. Okay, I've never done this before, but I have, I have binge eaten at like Taco Bell, but I've never gone to multiple drive throughs no, that's like next level. And you know why? I think it's because it kind of haunts me. My mom told me once when she and my dad were still married and they were drinking a lot. She said, I used to go to different grocery stores to buy liquor. Oh. Because well, yeah. I didn't want them to know. Or if I bought them, uh, if I bought liquor more than, you know, a couple days in a row or something, sure. I would say, we're having a big party. Like she sure, had to sure. announce it. Yeah. Which when you step back from being in that, you realize this. The people, I worked at a grocery store. I heard that all the time. Right. I heard people who came in once a week who bought three suitcases of Budweiser and a box of cornflakes and and a gallon of milk. And that was all they bought. You knew that was all for them. I have like a a statement and then a follow-up to this. Okay, tell me. One, in my 20s, I always, or in my, yeah, even now, I've always known like... You're not afraid to show face. Like, I'm like, what, like, fucking ask me about it. Like, what? I'm like, here, yeah, I came here yesterday for a Milky Way and now I'm here buying a wine. Like, I'm not afraid to ever show face with Mama, who is the woman who ran my corner store when in my 20s. Mama, Mama, Mama and I were tight. Like, I was never afraid to be like, Mama, 
I'm here for another six pack. Never afraid. That's, is it in New York? Uh, no, it was in or K-Town. Oh. It was on Ethan St. Andrew. Um, you need to establish a relationship Mama, with your local corner store person, though. You really do. My mother would come to town. And I remember I had a conversation with Mama once after my mom came to town. And Mama had asked me a question. She said to me, like, are you, like, are you getting enough work? Are you okay? And I called my mom when I got home. And I was like, why is Mama asking me about like my career. I was like, did you say something to mama? My mom was like, no, of course I didn't. I was like, okay, because if you fuck with mama, like you're really fucking up my ecosystem. Like this woman gives me waters and like she lets me touch her Himalayan salt lamp. And like, that's, we have a great relationship. So don't yeah. talk to her. I was don't like, come between I was like, me you, and mama. If you ever mama. come back, don't fuck with me and mama. Um, <laughs> but like they were kind of my two moms. And I was like, that's weird that she intuited that my freelancing levels were like not great at the time. But then my follow-up question to this... Oh, my God. Molly, what was it? Don't forget it. Stay with you. What was that? Follow-up question. Yes. How is Brett Kavanaugh going to get beer into his house? Because this has been my big question. Guys, sorry again. Instacart, if right? No. Because that's what fucked Ben Affleck. Because it was like an Instacart or a Postmate showing up with a case of beer to his house that fucked him. So he can't... <gasps> I, I don't honest, know. There's probably like some subterranean tunnel system in Washington and Virginia and Maryland where they all just tote things around to each other. I think it's about watching who go like who goes. I think it's what like we the saw Wonka last factory. Thursday was him not having any beer. Oh, I don't think he was drinking. Like I actually really resented people that were suggesting that he was drinking. I, I don't was think like, he was drunk. I think he was missing his alcohol in that. Yeah. And that day. Well, because, like, it takes you, if you are a regular drinker like that, it takes you, like, a week to get fully sober. You're never really thinking right when you drink like that. I don't think, but people on Twitter were like, he's drinking between his breaks or he's doing blow. And I'm like, no, he's not. That's the darkest part. I was like, this it's is. It's as his- simple as that someone told him, probably Donald Trump or Don McGahn said, just be an angry asshole and deny everything. Yeah. And that's what he did. And then his own patriarchy Loser. buoyed him and his misogyny came flying out. Yeah. All right. Let's not what talk a about loser. I, I think his friend, Look, friends are going to break it scenes we need to discuss. Okay. So um, we do all the eating stuff. Um, she drives by a store that's closed, probably the grocery store where she loves to puke. She goes and um, barfs in the scary alley with dogs barking in the distance. Where in any other Lifetime movie, this would have had a different ending, but she just wants to puke. There's a bunch of weird um, wild sound in this movie. Remind me of that when she gets to the treatment center. Well, We'll because it's really not all that dramatic. They, like, make it, like, it's all sound-based dramatic. So um, she's at home in her robe when her husband gets home. She is being pretty punishing, um, even though he's like, Hey, sorry, I was working. I like Jack. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think that he did feel bad. He was working. Um, he brings her flowers even, and she's like, cut them to make the stems or to make them last longer. And I was like, yeah, I worked at, for a florist. Like, I know you have to cut them, Kate. True. Um, <laughs> but then there's this moment in the kitchen where he's like, did you eat? And she's like, I ate. And he's like, but do you want to eat? And she trips over the cat. And, like, this little, like, underfoot nugget I have all the time, like, I felt that anxiety so much for her. I was like, yeah, the worst thing when you're already spiraling is to be like, I might crush an animal's head with my foot. Did they show the cat? 
Yeah, the okay. cat jumped out the cabinet. Who? It was probably B-roll from another movie. I'm sure. Yeah, it was like an orange. T- it was picked like, up yeah. off the cutting room. It was a little Garfield. Yeah, that they had. But um, so then um, he says he tried to get home. Monica has court in the morning. It was like the only time to eat earlier. Um, and then Kate's like, "All's well." The do- like our ceremony for our daughters tomorrow. He's like, I can't make it. I have to go to lunch with Monica. This is the right political move. And she's like, well, you have to make it. It's necessary. Um, so he says, you know what? Pick me up from lunch. I'm giving your mom the car tomorrow. I love Jack. I'm sorry. He already gave the mom the car. This fuck, you're going to give Faith a car. I wouldn't give her a fucking basketball. And so he's like, okay, pick me up tomorrow. I'm going to skip the lunch. I'm going to be there for the Girl Scout thing. Um, so I wrote... This is something written that's in all caps that I wrote, so that usually means it's a feeling. So I wrote, this is hard to say because I honestly never feel this way, but it's tragic for her husband because she's so consumed with losing weight that she can't see how much he loves her and gives her the benefit of the doubt and works for her. If he's pushed away, it might be her fault. That's what I wrote in all caps. Mm. My gut said that. I think I might agree with you, but it's weird. You're, you're bringing me over to Jack's side. I don't want to do that. But when I watched it, I thought he was just an asshole. You know, if this was a different movie, you'd be like in love with Kaylee Cuoco's little brother. Might be. I'm just done. Like, I'm so sick of men right now. They're terrible. They are. It's just so Jack was a bright light for me because today I was like, I was like, you know what? Not all men. I had a not all men moment. (laughs) So now we're in exercise class um, and everyone's there's like the amount of like willingness to move that's going on in this room. I've never personally experienced. Everyone's moving so hard. And then of course, Kate's in the middle of the class. She has her neckerchief on and she's trying Although, her best. You know what I noticed about that scene? Everyone's wearing like very eighties neon colors. She's not stylish. She's like just them. wearing black. Yeah. I mean, which is like very New York and chic. Mm. Maybe she's feeling fat though. She went on a oh, she definitely is. binge montage, drive-through montage. I just don't know how people got money for those like thong, like unitards the high cut, or whatever. Jamie Lee like, Curtis and perfect outfits. Yeah, yeah, like that is the least comfortable or interesting thing to wear. Um, but I think those that's what, bathing suits are back. Though. Yeah, I think that's what Jessica Seinfeld was wearing when she like caught Jerry at the gym. According to folklore, which is not necessarily. Was she wearing like the shiny tights? He, Jerry was feeling her ass on the um, step machine. Yeah. But also everyone says it's not really how they met. But like in their narrative, we're supposed to believe he like peeped her on the step machine. Um, and she had a headband on too? It was like earlier 90s then. So I feel like she was probably monikering like right. Rachel's. She was doing some sort of friends moment. How all these people stay so dry when they're exercising. Like I five minutes in, I'm dripping. Oh, are you? And then I'm not going to my kids. Your lymph nodes thing. are responding very well then. Is it? Some people just don't mm. like really, probably if you're anorexic, you're not breaking a huge spot. You know all what right. I mean? Now you're talking it up again. Your nodes. Your no, sorry. I'm like, hey, everyone. Here's a tip. Um, don't like so, to sweat? Try anorexia. <laughs> so Kate faints in her class. Um, and she wakes up on, like, a table. I honestly thought she was in the hospital, but she's in some sort of, like, table that they put people on the yeah. back of the... Because this is apparently happening it's probably, a lot. like, you know, some kind of physical therapy at the health club. There's a multi-unit. Okay, so then Kate needs to get up. She's like, it's time for the Junior Girl Scout ceremony. But they're like, you need to lay down. Um... So, Isn't that the worst thing you could say coming out of a coma? Yeah. I need to go to the Junior Girl Scout ceremony. Because people are going to be like, oh, do you think you're 14? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Wait, where do you think you are? 
Who's president? So um, <laughs> that's the other thing, too, is like if I got out of a coma and someone asked me who was president, like it wouldn't be the way that it was when I was 18. Like I would be like, oh, I, oh yeah. Oh, fuck. It's Trump. Yeah. yeah. Like it would just take me a you minute. You would remember. Yeah. I'd cycle through. So um, we go to the Girl Scout ceremony. Um, Becky's giving the saddest speech. Um, she sounds so... De- My mom would be like, even if I wasn't there, you need to... Per- like, if you agreed to be on stage, right. come in. You project in. You and cannot. you give it your all. You give it your all. So um, then Kate calls Jack's office and he takes the phone call. He's like, where the fuck are you? She's like, I went to an exercise class. And she doesn't say she passed out, but she basically was like, I got held up at the exercise class. Um... She says she's sorry. She got sick. Um, and he's like, you don't push her. Or you push yourself too hard. You don't eat. Which I didn't know he was even aware of. Right. Her limitations. So then she gets to the school after. Um, her mom is, like, ripping her a new asshole as she walks in. Becky's sitting in the seats, like, gutted. So they get into the car. And I just wrote that By this- the way, that's how you're treated by your, like, preteen child and mother. No okay. matter what you do. Well, <laughs> so I found that scene very relatable. I was tell just me like, about this. I could have actually ended up in the hospital. It would have made a difference if this was what was just happening. like the expectations and disappointment of a teen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the never ending disappointment of your mother of being a mother. Yes. Yeah, t- totally, totally. And so this is what I really had. I wrote, this is what I have a question about. So Becky won't speak to Kate on the way home. And this is a line I have only heard in movies and TV where she says, are you ever going to speak to me again? And like moms used to ask that of their kids on TV or movies like when I was growing up. But I was like, my mom would have fucking slapped my knee and been like, put your chin up and speak to me. Like they would never be, are you going to speak to me again? Right. There's also another line that people never say, but only say in movies like this, which is, what are you feeling right now? Yeah. And I think that happens maybe in that scene. With a kid, with yes. mom asking a kid that. Where she's trying to, and there are moments where you're just trying to get it, but you're trying to get your kid to say what they're feeling, but that's the worst way to go about it. Yeah. And nobody, you realize when you hear it in a movie, nobody ever fucking says that. Totally. And if I had one right as a kid, it the one right I had was definitely not not speaking to my mom. She was like, you will always speak to me. Like, you can be mad at me, but you will speak to me. And so that always felt like in movies to me, I'm like, oh, so like you're just like casually testing whether or not your kid will be in silence for the rest of your lives. Like, can I ask you about your mom? Yeah. Do you feel like you have to take, you had to take care of her or like, you not do? like then I didn't realize it. And then like, now I look back and I'm like, oh, like there's, there's a lot of things where I was like, get like lift up so that you don't feel that like when I was that age like I would be like frustrated I'd be like why right why do I have to have my chin up right now but like I also knew like people don't quit you don't quit you don't like shut down on your parents parents are in charge so like back then I didn't think of it as being parental like I was just raised by a very strict parent Mm -hmm. um which is like why I didn't even like really like touch alcohol till I got to college like I was very well behaved probably to a, a, a detriment even but I was very like I was did everything my mom said 
and more. Like, I went wild with it. Like, I was like, not only am I going to be a good kid, but I'm like a good kid. Right. And I did community service. I had, like, more community service than everyone else in mind. I had 300 hours. I'm very Brett Kavanaugh style. Like, I had 300 hours. Loved. I did. Minus the beer. But I actually did love my community service project. So when people were, like, ragging on him for that, I was like, no. Like, community service is fucking bomb. Like, it's really fun. And What community service did he do? I don't know. Like, he just was worried about his service project. I mean, for me, it was always, like, stuff that later went on to be, like, not countable hours. Because I was, like, I would do, like, minimum 100 hours at the church. Mm -hmm. And, like, I taught CCD. And, like, I wound up being, yeah, I taught catechism, girl, uh, when I was 17. Um, To the public school kids? To the first. No, no, no. So, like, it would be, like, the kids at church, like, the people under... um, confirmation age like wow. we all had to take classes so like and all that was kind of going towards I probably thing. would have signed up for that I went through a very fervent stage r- religiously when I was like I'm sure it was just the onset of puberty but you don't recognize that and in Catholic school they never tell you that but it was sure. around 11 or 12 I'm like wow I think I have a calling to be a nun yeah. and of course the nuns were like very encouraging of it yeah like yes we think you do yeah yeah my and then a year later, it's like, my no, aunts, I'm not going to be a nun. <laughs> she, my aunt died, like, want, having wanted to have been a nun. But she chose not to be a nun so she could put my grandmother through college. And she worked at a bank. Wow. But, like, when she but died. she never got married or nope, kids? Wow. No. And I think she lived, like, a chast life. She was very, like above board in every way or whatever. And I think that like, she wasn't a slut. No, I don't, I don't even think she was a dater. I don't even, I don't even know that she's ever kissed, kissed a dude. But when she died, it was like, do you think she was closeted? No, I don't. Just asexual. Maybe. I think that she just really fucking, yeah, maybe just like disconnected from that. Or like, maybe she like just had been so brainwashed about, if you indulge in that part of your life, like you're opening yourself up to things like pregnancy that you don't want, which we don't believe in mm-hmm. or a frivolous relationship, which we also don't believe in. So like, are you going to have casual sex? No. So what's the point of dating some guy that's not courting you? And I think that when she passed away, part of it, I mean, I would love so if weird. Alice was a lesbian. I would like, I would thrive on that info. Um, I've actually had people be like, do you think so-and-so? I was like, I fucking wish. Like, I literally fucking, I wish. Like, I would welcome that so, with such open arms. Like, they could use that. To be honest, they could use a little bit of, like, bisexuality or spectrum shit in their life. They could use that, but they don't have it. So, I don't know. But, like, people have definitely asked me. But I think Alice, like, just straight up wanted to be a nun with her full being. But she denied herself that. Well, no. She gave my grandmother a college education. She worked and paid for my grandmother's entire college education because she went to work instead of going to the... Right. But she determined her own life. Sure. I mean, I guess, She made that choice. Yeah. I mean, I also... This is why I would love to never be the oldest child of 13 in an Irish Catholic house in the Depression. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine that burden? My mom's one of 11 kids. Yeah, That's we awful. had to finish our fucking chicken in 1987. So, like, I can't imagine what it was like to be in, like, 19, you know, 40 or whatever in that house. Like, that would be, like, insane. No, thank you. That's why, like, 
watching an eating disorder movie to me is always kind of weird because growing up in a large family and poor, yeah, we all did shove food into our mouths as quickly as possible. Like and I remember going yeah. over to eat at other at my friends' houses, and my plate would be clean, and they would all still be like taking the first bite of their food. Yeah. And how embarrassing that was. You had to wait for everyone to sit down, you yeah. mean? Yeah. And also, they were having conversations. Like, we were just eating. Right. No, yeah. Because you no. had to eat because there might not be any left. If that was my eat. mom's brothers always ate, like, prisoners and, like, a very conscious... I remember my grandmother purposely started take purposely started taking me to, like, the Ritz for tea... My grandparents, we'll get into your Gilmore Girls segment, don't worry. All right. My grandparents, like, were wealthy, and my mom, they never helped her because they were like, you're a single mom, but we love our granddaughters. So I had that taste in my life, but I also had the real reality of what my life was. Um, but my grandparents were so like, we want to make sure you, like, have the best of all of us. And so they, my grandmother would occasionally take me to the Ritz, like, starting at age four, for high tea and make sure I knew how to like properly like put my napkin down and like how to speak to a waiter and how to interact wow. with all the utensils and everything else. And I like to this day, sometimes I'm like complimented on my table manners and I don't realize like not everyone, that was a privilege I had, but it was born out of a lack of privilege, you know, fundamentally. Did they like judge your mom? Cause she was... Was it a moral judgment? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, like, my mom... But, like, they didn't let any of their kids float. Like, all the kids had to work. But, like, my Aunt Mary is, like, the number one third grade teacher. They have Mary O'Brien Day in Boston. Like, literally, it's a holiday in Boston oh because of my, my aunt, my mom's oldest sister, like, being a steadfast third grade teacher and, like, raising the most money and everything. And my Aunt Sarah is, like... She was the wild one and she looked like Princess Di and like she was the first person who was like, I was anorexic in the 80s. And like I remember like going through my thing and being like, <laughs> she's my godmother and being like, Sarah, like I see you. Like I get it. You were anorexic in the 80s. Right. Like I'm not. She was probably wearing one of those high cut leotards. Right. And with a belt. Oh, she was. Oh, yeah. Sarah. Sarah was fucking fine. She's the one who's the mom of the beautiful one, Fiona. And then there was me and my mom and like, or my mom rather. And like my mom was the youngest girl. And then there was three boys after her. And she kind of wound up like the maid of the house. But also my mom is like gorgeous, still is, had the longest hair, was really popular. Like... Not a bad girl compared to Sarah, but like, you know, my mom, my dad, like smoking joints on the bike path when they were like 12 years old. And then like when she was 21, she wound up pregnant with his kid who was me. And my mom never considered any option except to have me. It was like a thing that she needed to do. And I, I don't envy that mentality and like I feel like that comes up sometimes when we're fighting where I'm just like if you had had like other options you would not hate me and that would be tight um I would love to like not I would love to give you your life instead of like deal with you being mad at me right but so you think she is 
I, I would be too. Like yeah. I would never lie to anyone and be like, yeah, I was ready to have a kid at 21 and then never hold it against them that I like gave up my life. Like you wind up, like I wind up sometimes like frustrated with wags. He's so cute. I wind up frustrated with wags and like all he ever did was bring joy into my life. Right. Well, if it makes you feel any better as someone who has like two, what I call two planned wanted kids. Sure. You still resent them sometimes. Sure. No, that's of part course. Of being a mother. That's why I was like, when she stepped on her cat, I was like, yeah. that's the most relatable moment of this movie. Like, sometimes you just <laughs> step in the dog's water dish and you're like, fuck, I wish everyone was dead, including me, but also definitely everyone else. <laughs> like, whether or not they're wrong or not. Like, that's just life as a human, a domestic. So, um, let's go into, back into the movie. Sorry. Okay. Like, by the way, to my entire family, I love you. No one listens to oh, this. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, we all love you. All love. Uh, nacho experts. Praise up. So um, we go to Becky and her mom in the car. She's like, blah, blah, blah. Do you love me? Do you not? So then Kate fucking passes out on the wheel, hits a tree, and then, like, conveniently her head hits the horn as she passes out. Yeah. So her head's just That's like, so classic, though. Summer Phoenix did not <laughs> need this. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's how... She did some good acting This is for a the child. best case scenario, I would think, that if you get into a, like, some sort of acting Speaking like of this, doing a number on your kids or whatever, those yeah. Phoenix kids, whatever happened in that family, they well, all turned out to be acting machines. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, literally Summer Phoenix in this scene does not deserve what she's having to act out. Like, right. she probably has already seen too much. So... Um, then we go to the hospital. It turns out that the doctors are like, we see what you're doing. It's called bulimia. Welcome to the eighties. Like, and they're really being like kind of manhandling her. And then, um, Ed Asner comes in. He's like a special doctor. He's doctor the, the food, eating Raskin? disorder doctor. Resnick. Resnick. Dr. Yes. Resnick. And Dr. Resnick is not here to fuck around. Um, I love he, Ed Asner he's like, so much. Yeah. Perfect. And he's like, welcome to bulimia. You have scars all over you. This is what's happening. We know you're bulimic. We're going to tell your husband. Um, they get really graphic too. They do. They They're say like, you could explode a blood vessel in your neck. Yeah. And he's like, um, he's like, we know where the bruises are on from your head. He's like, they're from yeah. your teeth. Bruises on your knuckles from putting your fingers down your throat. So I want to start with the first line that I loved in this scene, which was a doctor telling Kate to do it on her own time. Um, it's 44, it's 44, 40 to 47, 40. Listen, if you want to kill yourself, you do it in your own time. Not in my hospital. This is Dr. Resnick. He's a psychiatrist. I really have to go. Where this is my star, daughter? We really need a chance to stabilize your condition. See, my daughter doesn't know where I am. Her husband has been called, I understand. He should be here shortly. How dare you? You didn't tell him how The girl's in the waiting room. Where's the waiting room? Mrs. Stark. Mrs. Stark. You and your child almost died this afternoon in that car accident. I think it'd be a good idea if we had a talk. Doctor, whatever your name is, I have a husband that is never going to understand this. I got a marriage to protect. Now tell me where my daughter is. Okay. Where's Becky? Oh, I know, honey. Okay. Where's Becky? Mr. Stark, I'm Dr. Resnick. It's my wife, all right? Where's my kid? Your daughter's fine. But I'm afraid your wife isn't. Please, you're going to ruin my life. What's going on here? Gabe, you want to tell him? Dr. Shadle. 
Mr. Stark, your wife is suffering from medical complications brought on by an eating disorder called bulimia. I don't understand. Sorry, Jay. Maybe somebody should tell me what the hell we're talking about since I seem to be the only one who doesn't know anything about it. Bulimia is basically a compulsion to eat food in vast amounts and then get rid of it. What do you mean get rid of it? She vomits. Do you mean on purpose? I can stop. I promise I'll stop right now. Do you do this? Why? But how could you be doing this without my knowing about it? Did you ever do this in front of our daughter? No, no. Were you doing it in the car? Is that why no, you had that accident? No. Stark, your wife blacked out today. For all we know, it wasn't the first time. I'm sure she's experienced periods of dizziness from time to time. Now, if she continues to vomit, it's possible that she's going to rupture her stomach or her esophagus. Why would you do such a thing? Because she is a bulimic. It's also possible that she's undergoing periods of anorexia nervosa. That would be when she doesn't eat at all. But she never eats. I need to hospitalize her until we can stabilize her condition. I'd like to move her to University Hospital where I have an eating disorders inpatient program. It's all right with you two. I'd like to take Kate over there now. Oh, Jack, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? You told a complete stranger and you couldn't even tell your own husband. No, does he diagnose her? But he doesn't know. No one's heard of bulimia at this point. He doesn't know that they diagnosed her in her sleep. Well, he's got to go get back. What about compassion? Someone's got to get... Okay, here's the thing. I hear you. And I feel like if this is the worst we get from Jack, knowing what's to come and what a, a kind soul he is, for like literally, if someone had said to you in... Uh, at a random stage, like your spouse or significant other that you've been with and have children with has a disease that is kind of brand new as far as medic medicine is concerned. And we're going to tell you, which by the way, I wrote, this is a variety of consent and like, like, um, just everything, like confidentiality issues that like he rolls up to the scene and they're like, Ever heard of bulimia? Well, your wife has it. And like, here's all the deeds. And she's going to die. And the way that they presented it to him was rough, but also like poor beyond, like if you have a brain tumor, that's when I'm like, okay, you go out and tell my family. Right. But like, if you, you just think you're a nicer person than I am. I would feel like I'm a fucking soft bitch. Like for real, you are. I'm a soft bitch for sure. These movies make me cry. <laughs> Did you cry when you watched them? No, not Kate Seek. <laughs> no, I, I watch movies where I'm like, you K-Sec. really can't trust anyone, can you? That's, I, that's when I cry. It's like Drew Peterson. I'm like, oh, he's anyone you marry can murder you and his four wives before you. Has anybody ever done Fatal Vision on this show? No. Holy shit. You got to come back, though, because we right. are, by the way, can I just announce it now? We're not stopping at 15 episodes. Guys, guess what? We're going to be, we're going to continue the season basically indefinitely because you guys have been incredible. I want to keep doing this podcast. We might do like three on, two off schedule weeks because this is a emotionally wild podcast for me. And hopefully like I have a real viable job at some point in my life. Um, so I want to give you guys that break. But um, 
I want to keep doing this indefinitely. No seasons. Just stick with me. Leave a review. And also, like, I don't know, advertise. Ask your local grocery store to advertise with me. I'll give them the good Kate's Secret treatment. Um, you could get a bakery to sponsor you. That's what I'm saying. Is like, can, like, fucking um, Portos. Like, my uh, local Glendale for the totally. Queen of Glendale. Can you not hash out some, like, potato balls and maybe $500 for a spot? I'll fucking whore you out. <laughs> Please, especially if I can make an LLC. Um, (laughs) All of this said, um, this is really, I wrote, this is mishandled. Um, Kate breaks down and like, basically they're like, we're going to move you to a secret eating disorder unit that I'm working on. I'm the guy that does eating disorders. So we get to the clinic and it looks like a cell. Like it's like, it looks like. She's sewing herself. It's room 503. If that number means anything to anyone, I just want to write it down. Um, It's a two-bed hospital room. And they tell her right away that her roommate is Patch Reed, who is, like, a big... Like, she's, like, the Carly Kloss of her generation. I wish. Maybe more of, like, a Martha Hunt. Like, she's not, like, really charting, but she's doing great. Um, And so Kate looks at the thing, and she goes... um, wow, how does she stay so thin? Which, like, the irony of asking this in an eating disorder clinic never fails. Yeah, but the irony is because there's posters of her all over the room. I mean, this is the other thing, though. It's, like, literally, first of all, the nurses should not have let her hang those. But secondly, like, that seems to be, like, if I was, like, in a um, a mental health facility, I'd never be like, why is a guy chewing on his sleeve in the corner? I'd be like, no shit, because I'm in, like, a fuck, I'm in the government-issued loony bin. So, like, why would I ever ask that question? Them and, 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 like, and this is where I told you, like, this movie hit me in a way because the characters we're about to meet in this eating disorder clinic are the definition of, like, I have to get my character out, but I'm real. But also, these are the mental illnesses people put on women, but also the mental illnesses that are born of the way that we live. It's right. it's actually like it's a very it was a very demented thing for me to watch, especially coming off the last two weeks, where I was like, these are all in, like not invented, but like put upon things. This had like this was like uh, it had a very girl interrupted vibe to me, though. Yeah, where there's like the prototype of each kind of female who has a problem yes and like a fractured sisterhood where it's like they're half in half out so um and the model her roommate who's a model patrick is played by tracy nelson okay so who's that because i know the name but i don't know who she is tracy nelson is a really great actor didn't she play the mean girl in square pegs i was gonna say did you ever watch square pegs (laughs) i'm really old no, you're not. But, like, my first intro to Sarah Jessica Parker was, like, something in which she played, like, the kind of pretty but crazy girlfriend. What was that? Oh, L.A. Story? Yeah, like, yes. maybe L.A. Story, which I saw. I was really excited. You would love Square Pegs. No, I know I would love it. it. No, and, like, by the way, like, nothing you've mentioned is, like, even the um, Catholic Jewish person show. Catholic Jewish person show. <laughs> um, you know, that's what they like to be called. Um, I... I was like, I know that from, like, my historical knowledge, but, like, that's not in syndication. Also, this puts you in a weird... uh, Tracy Nelson's a great actress and everything, but it puts you in a weird place where you're, like, judging her like she could never be a model. Well, you, like... She's not, like, 5'11". Here's the gag, sweetie, is that there's no worse job in Hollywood if you are not a model than saying you are a model on TV. Because it's like... Huh. And she's doing it. Are so, you? Yeah. 
Like, literally shouts to Patch Reed. And, like, Patch Reed, that name is... If I ever get... My next dog will be named Patch Reed. Like, that is a name before its time, truly, where it's, truly. like... This is, like, you are either, like, Natty Gan. Like, that's a Natty Gan-esque name where it's, like, what, like, fucking, like, um, train did you fall off of that this is your name? Or are you very chic and rich? I don't know. Um, so the doctor leaves out like a full IV of vitamins and minerals. If I knew a girl named Patch Reed in high, in like grade school, I would have named my Barbie Patch and had her be named Patch. Well, what's the tune? We need to know the tune. Like, is she Patch Reed or is she, I'm Patch Reed. Like, is it hands out or, (laughs) you know? Um, so the doctor leaves a IV full of vitamins and minerals, which I'm like, I would love that. Um, in the room and she's like okay so you share a bathroom it's locked um you can only leave for special occasions um depends how soon you get well um she's like well i have my husband's work dinner coming up poor kate and kate's like um well they make me eat a lot here and the nurse is like well we're gonna try and make you healthy so then kate's like out and about at the eating disorder clinic with her IV, which like Sounds chic, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> and once we're, you know what? Though I have to tell you, I've been in the hospital and had a rolling IV. I like it. Sounds and I chic. love rolling no, around. It's like it's like rolling and strolling with my IV. Like it's kind of chic. And yeah. like anyone who lies to themselves and is like, no, like that's. I had this terrible. urge to customize it somehow, like put stickers on it, or or like you're in your like hospital gown or week, and like you have your IV. Like that is like a. That is like if I ever had a fashion line, all of my like all of my models would walk down the runway. Has with anybody an IV. ever done an IV? They're not smart enough. Um, but like, that I'm surprised is, Alexander McQueen never did. Do it. you want to know why they never got there? They were never like, I'm so hungry that I I relate to IV humor. Like they weren't feeling that. They were not like, um, who has great humor? Um, um, you mean model wise? Galliano like has wise. like great. Yeah. Galliano has like a great. But like, they little, come like, under so much fire for having too thin models and stuff that they probably don't want to well, then, make like, any kind of statement. By the way, statement. lean in. Like, if you're gonna be like, I only have ninety five pound models. Like, then bring the IV down. Like, yeah. I'd be like, I accept this. I accept. <laughs> I see it. I accept it. At least they they're getting basic nutrients. Yeah, it's like the hot like. The hottest, like, thing you can have for fall is nutrients. Yes. Like, truly. So, um, and by the way, actually, if that, that would was be a, a great purse. Yeah. If, I was well, going to just say, yes. if that was a purse and, like, I had my fucking IV bag and I was, like, walking through, like, with my IV and my wallet was in here, my cigs and, like, yeah. everything. I was like, what is... See, that is classic Galliano because it's like, LOL, bitch. Like, you've got your cigs and your, like, jewel and your um, whatever, your wallet, whatever, your house keys. It's in the IV because truth is, you cannot live without these things, man. That is deep. Hit me up, Galliano. I'd love to sponsor you on my podcast. I'd love to have you guys come in here. So, um, so when we go in to like the hodgepodge of like eating disorder land, the island of misfit toys, if we will, there's like a larger woman named Lori who immediately establishes herself. Laura. I want to call her Lori, Lori though. Like she feels like a Lori to me. Yeah. So she's, um, she's just like holding court and she's like, welcome to the club. And I like, I love her. Like she's my favorite person in this whole movie. So, um, then we find out that there's like this other woman named Dot who's in the quarter, like having a manic moment. Cause she wanted, 
she was only supposed to have four ounces of cottage cheese, but she got five ounces, which I was like, that's deep. There's like a rapid fire scene in the dining hall where they're like, how many calories is Melba toast? It could be a musical scene. It's a race to establish. It's like, how many calories is Melba toast? 30. It's Annie. It's literally Annie. (laughs) Like it's a hard knock life where they're like, why are you homeless? Like everyone like literally states their intention. The character is established. It's it's brilliant. They're so this is actually like a great scene. You're so right. So, um, but then th- that also um, introduces Mackenzie Phillips, who is plays one of the heart, dots. Yes. Yeah. Like hard to decided. talk about. Yeah. Hard to think about. I thought of her yesterday. Completely like not because of this movie. Like I just thought of her. I think someone else said. Justine Bateman just wrote a book actually, and I just about I, fame. Yeah, and I literally was thinking to myself, like, there's a lot of places you can go with, like, fame before it was recognized. And I'm so excited to read Justine's book. And independently of that thought, wow. Like, Mackenzie Phillips had to, like, or she didn't have to. She chose to straight up, like, get into some real, like, Oprah didn't even want to deal with it, but she did sort of information about incest, which by the way, this is welcome to the incest podcast. My name is Molly McClare. We cover mostly incest here every week. Look, <laughs> flowers in the attic, babe. Listen, we going to tackle that. Get used to it. Welcome Grabbing to the, the incest in- by the horns. The incest. Yeah. So here, so in-cast. it's the incest. So, Okay. Yes, Mackenzie Phillips. We can get into that more later. But like... Is anybody going to listen to all of this? Everyone listens to all of it. Seriously? But I Last week we had one that was an right. hour and a half long and people were mad. <laughs> was that Karen's? No, that was... Uh, Karen's was three hours. Oh my three God. and a half. No, Karen's was three and a half. We'll get you out of here though. Don't all worry. Right, I know you right. have like no, a family. No, I believe you. Um, the so, jewel is keeping me going. Okay, good. Okay, do you want more I'm jewel? running on jewel. So... Sure, why not? Um... Then another, okay, so here we are. We're in, like, this whole room where all these, like, eating disorder dynamics are going on. So a woman walks in and says, Dana got a dirty dirty fork. Dot has too much cottage cheese. There's a theme to meals around here. You don't have to eat the first night. Enjoy it while it lasts. Love that. The just honesty. So Dot's like, I have to go to the bathroom. That's Mackenzie Phillips. Um, And the nurse is like, finish. She's like, well, I have diarrhea. Um, which is a bold move, like to be like, you know what? I'm literally going to shit myself. What's up? Um, when you're not like, this is your lie. So another woman's like, you know, she can't help it. It's not her fault. Um, by the way, how many calories are in Malbatose? Again, we get the ovation 30. Um, so then Laura's like, don't worry. Um, it'll be good when people get up to use the restroom later. I don't really know what that means. By the way, do you eat cottage cheese and or Melba toast? No, I think it's disgusting. Well, Melba toast I'm fine with, but cottage cheese is, like, really curious. I love cottage cheese so much. My Have favorite, you ever had it with salt and pepper on it? No, I've never, like, put it in my mouth. Okay. I don't I don't like mayonnaise. Sarah Silverman, I hate mayonnaise, but Sarah Silverman has a joke about cottage cheese where it's like, you know, I love it, but that first mouthful. Oh, really? Is tough. And Even always. if you're a lover? Yes. Okay. What is because it like? It's is curdled. it a tartness? Like it's curds. Right. Yeah, I don't like that. It's, you know, it goes against what you've been told to eat. Which, like, I'm not necessarily... Did you ever grow up I in a house where, cheese. like, you sometimes poured a glass of milk and it had chunks in it? 
not chunks on that, but like definitely like breaking off the bread. Oh, that okay. was like so like that when that Taking hot news item. Yeah, when that yeah. hot news item hit last week where they're like, Don't eat mold off bread, I was like, Well, you could say that to fifteen generations before me, but they definitely did. Like we definitely cut the of mold course. off. Um so then we're in the room with Patch, my dream girl, and she's saying like, Oh, I can't believe how women flash their boobs on TV these days, which is like not real um were people flashing their tits on tv in the 80s no that was a very weird moral thing yeah i'm sure like some dude wrote that and she's like nice to have another purger around um i would love like a roommate for the purge night though i will say that completely independently of this it just occurred to me when i read purge i love those movies and that's i would love to wind up in a hospital with a bunch of ladies and watch Purge movies. Who had nothing to fear. And it's Purge night and we all go out. Because we're like, I'm fucking anorexic as hell. Like, I don't care about anything. Like, I will, well, let's just, like, go kill. I don't know. Not kill, but, like, Robin Hood this shit. So, then, um, Kate's like, how did your roommate get out of here before me? And she's like, you just play by the rules. You hit your goal weight. Um, you know, you don't have to be cured. Whatever. So, then the nurse comes in. Um, I don't know if she's calling, she says it's me, my bell. And I was like, were you calling yourself my bell or were you calling patch that? Oh, I thought, I thought she said Mimi bell. Either way. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, and then, so then during this clip, we hear the nurse, but also, um, patch talking to her mom on the phone. So just when we play this clip for everyone at home, patch is on the phone and then Kate makes a call to Jack. It's 53. Her mom, who guess what? Big surprise is another asshole mom. Not a supporter. No. Patch's mom is terrible. You'll see. Teaching Kate the ropes. Ma Bell at your service. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Did you survive dinner? I didn't eat much. No one does their first meal. You'll be meeting with Judy Mom? tomorrow morning Hi. after breakfast. She's a dietitian. Once she's looked at your test, she'll work up a menu that you'll be required to follow for all your meals. But she'll explain all that to you tomorrow. Oh, can I call my family? That's what they're there for. I don't want to talk to you about it, okay? I don't know. Mom, I don't understand what you want me to do, okay? I mean, in order to get, in order to get out, I have to eat something. Listen to me. If you want me to get out in time for that bathing suit thing, I've got to gain some weight. Well, if I'm too fat, they won't use me. Bitch. Hi. I'm okay. No, it's, it's, it's not too bad. Jack, please don't hate me. Thank you. No, I, I don't want to talk to her. Oh, God. Hi, Mom. I'm sorry, Mom. I don't, I don't want to talk about this with you. We just look after everyone for me. I don't want to hear this from you now. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mothers are hard, aren't they? They lock the bathrooms. Why don't I just, um, I'll just leave you alone. 
that's a deep reality of life is that you can be like a 32 year old woman pressed against a wall and it's some 17 year old girl giving you hope and mercy like it's really interesting like patch patch doesn't have a nerve to spare as far as i'm concerned but she's going out of her way to give more to kate who's just like yeah like i'm a mom and i'm inadequate and i feel fat and like meanwhile patch is being fully bullied every day by her own parents by her mom he's always the one that kate is being bullied too but also patch is being like super nice in the beginning because that's what you do when your new roommate comes to the hospital patch is loyal you're right patch is our queen yeah she's nice oh Mackenzie phillips is having a breakdown Patches are queens. So, the group therapy scene. Um, so then we go to um, it's mealtime again. And one of the anorexists is begging to move her body. She just like wants to get up and move. Um, and Laura says that she even paces in her sleep. So then Jack comes in. He's arrived for visiting hours. And he sees Patches' pictures on the walls. And he goes, wow, she must be worth a few dollars. And Kate says, she's pretty, isn't she? And he goes, she's very skinny. Does she do what you do? And Kate goes, you mean vomit? So then Jack kind of, like, changes the subject. Which, even though, like, I have a crush on her, like, um, him, like, I will say, like, you know, I don't know how he's supposed to How about them tubes? Like, I don't know. <laughs> how does he change the subject? I forgot. He kind of was like, he goes, um, so I brought the things you asked for. So there's, oh. like, a family picture. And he says, um. I brought your filthy lady hygiene supplies. Exactly. He's like. Can't stand anything about you, 100%. Darling. So he's like, Becky said, um, you were sick, so you should drink juice if you're not well. Like, you should take the kind without water in it. Dark. Um, and then he says uh, she also sent over her stuffed animal, a.k.a. her spare bear. So in the group meeting, one of the women is like, um, I don't care about Patch because she has money. And this woman is like, she's like, Kate says like, no, like, don't talk about her like that. Like, she has her own, like, c- circumstance she's up against. And she's like, you're just protecting her, which is, like, only the thing that I've ever had, like, an equally abusive person say to me in a situation when I've been, like, protecting someone. I'm like, well, you're also a wild animal. Right. Because, like, maybe I'm not protecting. Like, I just care or want to give whatever. So um, she's like, Kate's like, it's not easy being a model. She's under a lot of pressure. And then the woman goes, my heart bleeds for her. It must be hard figuring out what sweater to buy with those big paychecks, which, like, sweater is the key word. Like, that was tight to have a nice sweater in the 80s. Yes, a Forenza sweater. My mom was obsessed with It had maybe a reverse V-neck. Yes. The V was in the back, you right? you got to have that. Yes. My mom would be like, we were five. We got you a sweater. You're carrying this for the next I 20 years of your life. I to mean a coded eating disorder thing, which is, like, People with eating disorders sometimes tend bury to themselves. eat, very, yeah. or not eat, not eat their clothes, but bury themselves. wear very big, bulky clothes. That was me, and I never and even knew cold, it. Yeah, yeah, I never even low knew body it. fat. I was like outweigh ninety three pounds at the club, and I'm like, oh, I look fucking sick because I have my windbreaker on. But I'm also like, why'd you lose all this weight to put a wind like a nineties windbreaker mm. on over your? Because you t-shirt. could rip it open at any moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just, like, really secretly, yeah, it was, like, my guide to get, like, I wanted to get there, but I couldn't do it. So then after she says this, the woman who's, like, there's this woman in the room that's fixated on the trash can. And she's, like, hey. At the beginning of the meeting, she's, like, hey, that trash can that's by the door, that was over on the left over here two days ago. And then, like, while they're having this fight, this woman's, like, but the trash can, though. 
And this is like a real, this is the theater scene. Like where she is, her character just cares about the trash can and what, we're, that's a control issue. Like, yeah. quote unquote, we're taking I actually all find, this from found that. that pretty believable. And oh, all 100%. This because it would be, if you, uh, a lot of eating disorders are about control. And if you're in a facility where you're not the one in control of that anymore, yeah. then you are going to fixate on objects or they rolled out stuff. every level of every woman in this room for the time they're understanding they rolled out every character very well like this trash can thing was subtle but like if you recognize that you recognize that like it was such a small thing and it was almost like what's this mentally ill woman doing but it's like no this is what the eating disorder is about it's about control um so I, yeah, I just wrote here, I feel this is the most intense portrayal of mental illness a woman that is formed by society and not by birth. It's fucking intense. Molly. Um, so then once, um, one of the best monologues, I wrote, this is, this is where I really gas this movie up. I wrote, one of the best monologues I've ever seen on a Lifetime movie is coming up and I want to play this clip because it's so powerful as a statement and it's also a great performance. Hey, all this yelling, how am I supposed to sleep? I think we get uncomfortable when people try to express their feelings. I think we get uncomfortable when people can't. You're talking about me, and I'm not not expressing my feelings. I don't have any feelings to talk about. Why don't you just keep them to yourself? It's nobody's business anyway. I have a feeling that I'd like to talk about. I feel like I'm your nightmare. All of you. You starve so that you won't look like me. You vomit so that you won't look like me. How do you think I feel being the object of all that hate? Do you know what it's like to walk into a room and have everyone look at you as if you were a freak? When I get on a bus, <laughs> people are afraid that I'm going to sit next to them because, because they know that I'm going to have trouble fitting in the seat. I don't want to be fat. And I hate myself. I hate myself as much as you hate me. Laura, don't you get it? I feel exactly the same way you do. No matter how much I starve myself, no matter how much I throw up, I think I'm fat. I think I'm fat. Do you understand? I don't worry about looking like you because I think I already do look like you. I hate myself a lot more than I could hate anybody else. Don't, don't hate yourself. How about oh. you, Kate? Do Why you hate yourself? Why do for Laura at all? Laura just threw herself out on the line harder than I anyone. Know. And, the and nicest, they're like, let's make the model feel better. The nicest person at the eating disorder <laughs> thing. Like, she... Literally, Laura from day one has been like, welcome. Do you need a fork? These are all the characters. Like, it is it is heartbreaking. So we just heard an incredible speech. Like, literally, I was Instagramming it yesterday. 
um, because it it moved me so much. And I was like, this speech is like so dark, but so good. And then everyone was hitting me up being like, that's Aunt Patty or is it Aunt Patty? Miss Patty. Miss Patty from um, Gilmore Girls. And I was like, well, who loves Gilmore Girls? No one other than Mother May Sleep with Podcast's own Sammy Junio. Hello, it's me. Um, um, can you please tell me about why you love Gilmore Girls? Like, plea the case, and also tell me anything you know about Miss Patty. <laughs> uh, firstly, Miss Patty owns the dance studio in Stars Hollow, and I'm on my third time in a row watching the entire series, but I've watched it, I think, at least nine times at this point. Does it soothe you? I, yeah, it's really comforting and really soothing. It's my fall asleep to show okay and then i also just watch it in the background of my entire day but also there are times where i'll like sit down and really dig into it but this runaround uh someone asked me who my favorite side character is and it's miss patty because she's an amazing actress she she has chops like i didn't even recognize her until like maybe 30 seconds into her speech, but I was just like, oh, damn, Miss Patty has chops. Yeah, she was slicing off monologues like this Dude. in fucking 20 years after. It's wonderful. Um, it's incredible. Miss Patty is really great. Sammy, would you recommend people watch Gilmore Girls at home? I, I think so. I mean, it is definitely not for everybody, but I think just the dialogue alone and how fast they go through it is worth is worth it. Is it it's snappy dialogue? Yeah, it's snappy dialogue and it's never like forced because it's like it's rich with pop culture references and stuff, but it's not it doesn't ever feel like forced. But does it age well if with all the pop culture or is it kinda like friends where you're like, Oh, you're making like a old school like not Giuliani, but like something like that oh, where I'm like, it, okay, this is like a New York politician from forty years ago. I think tight. it still holds up, but you can definitely feel its age. Also, it's slightly homophobic, and by slightly, I mean it's pretty homophobic when oh, they get to that point. Oh, Law and Order was like the most violent show on television up until about five years ago. Like, but even then, like still questionable. Old school SVU does not hold up, so I can imagine Gilmore Girls like. Same thing. Yeah. Also, the fashion is horrible. But I feel like even in the revival that was two years ago, the fashion was just uh, awful. They really stunted them. Gotta stay its course, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. Thank you, Sammy. Guys, everyone, that was Sammy talking about Gilmore Girls um, based off of um, Miss Patty's amazing monologue. Okay. So, and Sammy's our guest next week, by the way. Again. Okay. So, um, I hate the way that the doctor was desperate to break Kate at every point during this movie. Like, break her and that, like, she wasn't there to do that. The other girls were, like, trying, they were prodding at her. But, like, I would say that, I don't, I feel like maybe outside yeah, of, like, in that, ther- in that first therapy meeting, she's like, I don't have any feelings. You're right. No, she's bringing out, this Which, is, like, by also. by the way, I found very relatable. <laughs> Right? I don't have any feelings. Oh, like, I, like... Haven't you felt that way? Uh, yeah, Especially like... Especially when people are trying to help you. Yeah, like, it's like, well, nothing. Like, yeah. it, it's total fight-or-flight shit. And, like, I think Kate's doing the most here. Like, she's definitely looking for it to be everyone else's problem but hers. But also, Marky, who I love. I have a p- character in my pilot named Marky. She is, like, literally... Marky is not... She is on Kate's balls. Like, she has her stiletto deep in Kate's balls. And, like, it... <laughs> It was rough to watch. I was like, she's a newbie, Marky. Like, have, it sounds like you've been here for seven, seven or eight months. Like, she's Kate rough would on hate her. it if you told her she had balls. Yeah. She'd be like, how do I Kate cut would be those like, balls why off? Would you... How much do they weigh? Yeah, no, totally. 
wagon stuff, it's we were just laughing inside. There's no one outside. We were laughing inside. He don't know no better. No, he's getting all the candy. Those are bad. Hey, yeah, come here. Bring your pig. Come on, I got the pig. You got you. Let's go. Come on. No humans. He's hoping I'll be like, okay, time for bed. Um, Maybe it was a raccoon. I think it was just They're that, everywhere these days. I heard um, hooves on my back door the other day. Like, because I have, yeah, and I heard like a, like it sounded like hooves on my back uh. porch the other day. And we have bobcats and mountain lions and bears. We have bears up here. Literal fucking bears. Is it just like mountains behind you? Yeah. Mountains I have, and you? I own all the land over here that's all underdeveloped. And so it all is like, just fuck, it's a literal fucking jungle in there. Um, so what had hooves? I don't know. Unless it was like, hopefully like the a... The devil. Well, if it was a tap dancing cutie, I would love that. <laughs> like it was some boy that... It was probably just Satan. Some like jaunty peeping Tom, maybe. <laughs> like that was, that'd be fine. Um, uh, so then they talk about Kate. Um, she says uh, she's a perfect patient. Her diet is great. They, um, they, they don't let pick her, her meals. The so they're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So, but the doctor's like, you can't go to the party. You're a volcano ready to erupt, which like that would piss me off. I'd be like, I never, you, uh, you can't tell me. I'm like, I'm a vol. It would, I would Brett Kavanaugh all that shit. I'd be like, I'm not a fucking volcano. So, um, he's like, we have to get you in a family group. Um, and then another nurse, she takes a call from Patch's mom, and apparently she wanted to put her on notice that if Patch gains more than one ounce, um. She'll sue everybody. And the doctor's like, we'll put you on notice. Um, you know, you have like, there's a conflicting life situation here. I don't know what that means. Whatever well, that's the mean. group therapy where the family members are in it, right? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. So um, now they're going on a proactive shopping trip to learn about nutrition. Basically, all that happens here is like rehab's day out. <laughs> Um, which, by the way, I wish I could ever be at, like, Gelsounds, like, the day that they're rehabilitating, like, the people at a halfway house. Like, that would be my dream to, like, watch someone, like, touch a bell pepper. Like, that would be – I would love that. Next time you go, just pretend that's what's happening. Like, <laughs> yes. Thank you. It would make grocery shopping more interesting. That's my store. dream is to imagine it's someone's first time out of the house, like, also being responsible with money at a store as an adult. Um so, like, there's, like, um, advertisements for a tangerine diet on a magazine. That's triggering. Then we see um, one of the women, I think Marky, is, like, waiting by the bakery, like, fucking rubbing her hands together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Patch is on the cover of Patch, a magazine yeah, at and the then grocery. Patch also steals some laxatives. Yes. Diuretics. Do not ever think that that doesn't mean something. So, um, Gail's, like... Oh, I think, you know, they're, so they're in a, um, wait, Gail. Okay, so Gail comes to visit her, and Gail's like, hey, hey, girl, I think you got sick to avoid your mom. Um, why didn't you tell me you were sick? And Gail's like, um, skip forward to, like, Gail's doing a little bit of, like, blind dynaming. They get past the weirdness. Um, you know what I think is strange, and it might be why I don't like the husband very much in this? Yeah. Is that he does make it about him, and Gail does too, which is, why didn't you tell me? Right. I mean, Gail That's is... so beside the well, point. Well, Gail is an exercise person. She should have been on the cutting edge of what these things called eating disorders are. Right. Like, 
I'm not defending my boyfriend. And if Jack. someone collapses in your class, right? You think that would you would have an inkling, especially if like that's your BFF who you've been who you know is trying to fit into a size four. Like that's a stretch. I don't want to defend my boyfriend, Jack. I love him, um, but I... Jack Stark. He's great. Like, I, I just think Jack's great, but, like, let's blame Gail. So, um, Gail's like, um, I read a lot about bulimia. I should have known the signs. Kate's like, I miss you. And then she goes, but guess what? Which new bride of which rich chiropractor is having an affair with Brad at the gym? Um, so she, like, feeds her a blind. And then Kate's like, I need to know. And Gail's like... You know what? It's outside of my ethics. I can't tell you, but I'll write it down on a piece of paper. So she writes it down, and Kate's like, you've got to be kidding me. And Gail's like, I'm not. And then she literally eats the paper, which I love. Like, you don't see people eat pa- like eat paper on TV anymore. And then Gail's like, um, or and then Kate goes, you just ate my breakfast menu. Like, I love this, like, comedy moment for them. They're trying yes. to have a thing, right? Well, it's pretty dark. They need a little comic relief. They're trying. And so then Patch wakes up Kate in the middle of the night. She's like, it's Probably time this to is weighed. the last time somebody ate paper before Trump ate paper in the Fire and Fury book. Do you remember You're that? exactly right. Well, like, that used to be such a gag, right? It's just like, and I yes. would, yeah, like, you go eat the piece of paper so no one can read it. But, like, no one re- eats paper anymore. No. Trump ate a piece of paper. It was, like, 1930s, Kate's Secret, and then Trump. <laughs> I'm not making him, like, any excuses, but I do think he has dementia. Probably. Like, I don't want to be like... Among other things. Yeah, no, like, I think that, like, on addition to all of it, there's some sort of, like, sauce that's loose in there. Like, I don't... Like, because when you're eating paper, like, as a real bit, like, that is... You're not right, Dad. Like, that is weird. Like, that's when you get your grandpa into the hospital, and you're like, he's gone. Not if you need your grandpa to, like... Uh, smash and grab as much money as possible while True. old white men are still the majority in this mm. country. Yeah, I hope for Then you're going to run your dad war. into yeah. the ground. I feel you. Like, And I say that because I didn't he's have a dad. mixed with something. And I don't know if he's still on his diet pills or whatever. Ooh. But it's mixed with some kind of other... Th- energetic dr- narcissism. You're right. It's a drug him. thing. Like yeah. it's, a, it's like a... God, wouldn't it be like, that would be interesting. If he was a cokehead or something, I would be like, that is interesting. All that sniffing and everything. And remember his doctor that said, there's no one on earth healthier yeah. than him. Had the same kind of cokey pronouncements that he did. Yeah. That he makes. And then that doctor, like, <laughs> just kind of disappeared. Dude, that guy showed up looking like some fucking weird-ass beetle that was left on an island somewhere in his black turtleneck and his glasses and he's like i don't know what happened man like it's like well did you write a letter for the president or not and also are you speaking everything is just horrible client patient like client patient is like bare level of like we have to or client um or sorry uh, what am i saying doctor patient Doctor patient is like the bare minimum of what we have to keep right. in our society. Like once that's gone, we're we're beyond. Like we're already fucked. But like once that's gone, his doctors kind of clammed up more than his lawyers have, though. Now that I'm thinking of like just privilege and privacy real life, and stuff. Real life, yeah. God, it's so weird that lawyers like they have to keep so many secrets. 
That would be terrible. I can't wait for them to all go down. I know. I they all go to jail. It'll be like, that'll be a great day. I do think it's coming too. I'll be optimistic. I think it's coming. So Patch is like, get up. It's time to get weighed, bitch. JK, Patch is just waking her up. In the middle of the night. Yeah. To be like, let's go to the roof, which they love. Women love to go to the roof in a movie. Like they love it. And couples love that too. So you get up there and they're feeling so free. Um, let's play this clip, which by the way, I will say Kate is yelling as if the traffic below, which I guess is LA traffic is only like, um, cement trucks crashing into each other. Well, that's what I wanted to say when she was like talking to her husband on the phone earlier. It's a volume issue. There's weird traffic noises and honk honk. It sounds like New York traffic. Yeah. In the background of when she's in a hospital, like they would have soundproof windows and totally but, but additionally kate doesn't need to yell like this the way that the, meredith is has been allowed to project is wild let's see what happens how'd you find out about the roof i know every good hiding place in this hospital kate sometimes a person needs to be able to disappear when i was a kid i used to pretend i was invisible i thought it would keep my father from bothering me what do you mean father used to get into bed and have sex with me. I pretended I was invisible so it wouldn't be like it was really happening, you know? What did your mother do? Oh, she caught him one night. She's very calm. She told him to get out of the house or else she'd have him arrested. She told me to take a shower. Is that all? I went to work right after that. I've been supporting us almost all my life. <sighs> You know, you're the first person I've ever known who's raised without a father. Oh, except me, I mean. Maybe that's why we like each other. Look what I've got. Diuretics? Where'd you get these? I stole them from the market the day we went shopping. Remember? Yeah. Aren't you afraid to take them here? I'm not going to use them. I just like having them. They make me feel strong. Like I've got some control over my life, you know. Let's do laps. Come on. I'm going to pick a top. Cute young girl, Patch. It's sad. She fucking Patch. And another thing she said about I have the diuretics, but I'm not going to take them. I just like to keep them on me. Yeah. It reminds me of my friend David Rakoff. Always kept like an Ativan in his pocket. Yeah. And he's like, I've had the same one. And like he said, I change it out every couple of years, but I've never taken it. But just the thought of having Having it in my pocket makes me feel so much better. And this was back when I was still like drinking two screwdrivers on a plane to deal with my flight anxiety because I, for some reason, just didn't think that pills were a good idea. Sure. But now I I have really bad flight anxiety and I take Xanax when I fly. But I would never be able to just keep it in my pocket. And not take it? That would give me no comfort whatsoever. Yeah. You know what I think of often is... um, It's almost a weird sort of denial Kristen Johnson is that her name Kirsten Johnson the chick who did uh, Third Rock she wrote a great uh, memoir about her addiction and it's so good Um, and one thing that I she kind of painted the first scene with and then came back to later is that she remembers like being in London for New Year's Eve and looking at like the eye and staring at all these lights over London and like the whole time 
she was just kind of like keeping check of these six Vicodin she had in her back pocket because that was her dose. And she was like, I didn't need them, but I just needed to make sure that the six were there. Right. And I think of that all the time because I'm like, oh, like you've like, I I just, that is such a real, that is such like a real thing to think about your like night having a slight derailment at all times or never getting on the rails because right. you're thinking about this thing in the back of your mind. Another pill thing I heard that I always think about that's closer to the out of van or whatever in the pocket. So I heard someone tell a story about their friend that would always carry a cyanide pill with them. So was that the, if anything was their friend, an old Nazi war criminal. Honestly, I don't know. But this guy had, like, some illegal cyanide pill that he kept in his pocket at all times. Should, if ever he get arrested or the shit hit the fan, he could instantly kill himself. And I was like, that is a motivator to keep going. Because, like, if you have a fucking cyanide pill in your pocket and it's you against the pill at any point in the day, you're going to want to not take that cyanide pill. And, like, it's kind Wait, of an what interesting... what I just watch like, that had that? Was it Killing Eve? I don't know. Something where she has a... Somebody has a cyanide pill in a necklace. And then they, you know, just know that they have it. And you know what? Who knows? Depends on how nice the necklace is. The person, I mean, come on. I mean, if it's, like, a nice locket. But, no, here's the thing. Well, it would have to be, like, Vintage. a cheap World War II moment. Which yeah. I love that. I love a World War II jewelry moment. But, like... I don't know if this person, here's the thing, this person who told me the story of the cyanide thing, maybe they're just a fucking pathological liar. And that's why you can't trust anyone. You don't know the person who carried the pill. No, I you knew just the know person someone that who was knew like, the person who carried yeah, the pill. Yeah, anecdotally, I, anecdotally, it I sounds knew like a something person. like a douchey guy would say. Go a terrible person. Because, yeah. like, of course, I go home and I'm like, you can buy cyanide pills. Like, I literally Googled that. I was like, that'd be like a tight motivator for life. Like, yeah. knowing that I'd never take it and at worst it would get washed up in my washing machine. Um, but I was like, that would be like tight to like at all times be like, it's me against the world, baby. Like that. I don't know. Would you tell people about it though? No, no, no. I'm good at like, I'm, I'm terrible at secrets. I'm terrible at secrets, but I'm good with like that kind of privacy. But then anyone you told would immediately be like, Ooh, well, I know I don't want to hang out with you anymore. I only hang out with people that are so good as people that I would never tell them that because it would terrify them. Right. Like all my good friends are like fucking pansies, like to the same way I am. Like everyone I know is like a bigger tight ass than I am, which is not that tight of an ass, but like and they're cool, but they're all good people. Um, I don't hang out with people that like trade secrets under tables. Like they're not really like my friends aren't like that. And or I are threatening tell. to kill themselves all the time. I mean, that oh, no. would well, be like, hard to no. be friends with someone who is doing that. No, yeah. And that's why you got to keep the cyanide pill private. Because you're not threatening. You're just saying, like, yo, if the feds come. Wouldn't you be, like, fingering the locket moments? No, know. no, no, no. It would be, like, this only comes out when the feds come. Or, like, when you deadass murdered a person. With, like, not on purpose, but, like, vehicular manslaughter is when that would come in real tight for me. Like, because my biggest fear in life is killing someone with a car. Because I wouldn't yeah. mean it. Like, I would never want that to be the case. And that's why I don't love to drive and why I drive like a nana. And everyone makes fun of me for it, but I drive like someone's grandma. And 
It's because the last thing. So, like, if I ever, like, killed a person. Oh, I'd be taking that cyanide, like. But here's the thing. I think more people in this world, like, the people. You should put the cyanide in the person's mouth that you hit with your car. Well, there you go. Well, that's why you're Carmen San Diego and I'm not. Like, I. I'm just more devious than you are. No, I mean, like, if you wanted to live after that, that's tight for you. Like, I just am barely, like, working on off of, like, regular Catholic guilt and, like, feel terrible all the time. So if you could be, like, yeah, I, like, you have kids, though. You have shit to live for. You have him. Yeah, well, yeah, no, like, Wags is everything, but he also gets the whole, he's the sole, um, he's the sole heir Air. of my, well, yeah, my whole, uh. He's the son and heir. house that I own half of. Um, so, okay, let's go into, mm. so the next day we're in family group and the doctor's like, I'm going to pick a topic. Uh, let's talk about the be thin message. So they're in group therapy. Patch's mom and Kate's mom both think that they're not responsible for the problems. Let's just cut forward to the fact that Laura's husband is terrible and being like, well, if you weren't such a fatty, fat, 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 like he's literally being the worst version. He also looks like an extra from Dog Day Afternoon. Like he's yes. got like a total 70s uh, extra look and he's got a couple of lines. So he probably got a decent paycheck from this. But it's very annoying to have him be. It's like he, well, I Laura's feel like the they went into the like the speech. Hollywood bar across the street yes. and were like, hey, are you free? Okay, we need you to say three lines. Like he looks kind of drunk. They went to the powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's skip forward and say that Jack says that, like, you know, he, he loves his wife, but also he thinks she's beautiful. She's nice. She's sweet. She's a good mother. Jack's great. Love him. So then um, Kate goes into a private room after the fact with the doctor and is like, why'd you bring my mom here? And he's like, well, if you want to work on your marriage, I need to know where your issues are. So Kate's like, let me out for the night. I just want to go out for the night. And he's like, you can't do it. You can't. Um, So Kate's furious. um, And I wrote here, I'm honestly terrified for the commercial break to start because like I knew that whatever we came back from would be like very bad. Um, she's getting ready in like a similar to her mom, like almost like a all white mother of the bride sort of thing, yes. which apparently is white pe- beaded tu- chiffon tunic. It's Blanche Devereaux. Yes. Like I don't have anyone else to compare it to except for the, these are the kind of like gown thing. Well, maybe designing women. Um, but the, those are like the things that they wore on then. So, um, she is wearing patch. Who's like. Patch is maybe 19. This is apparently her dress. Um, and she looks great. She looks great for the party. So she and Patch have devised a plan for Patch to hide her in a stairwell, then go ask the desk lady if she can get a piece of art from the art therapy room. Loved that. Um, to show her mom later. So they have created a diversion. And then her husband, who thinks that she's out for the night, yeah, but he just drives merits. by the emergency exit and picks her up. That's yeah. Really unbelievable. Well, he but. thinks she's on, like, pure, like, you killed it, have a good night out. So, yes, it is unrealistic, but don't talk about my husband like that. Okay. So <laughs> I'll suspend my disbelief. So they get to the party, um, and it's very fancy and much fancier than I anticipated it being even as like, just I was like, oh shit, like they weren't kidding. Like this is the boss's party. So there's this beautiful house. Um, 
And right away, sort of Kate gets separated from her husband and that, like, the hostess um, brings her through, like, to the buffet and says, like, check out our shit. And then her husband's, like, swept off by a colleague. So Kate's, like, kind of looking around the party. She's looking at the buffet, but the, which looked bomb. And, like, I kind of want to make pasta after I play beer pong with Sammy after this um, because it, like, just looks so good. Um, and then she's, like, left alone, like, standing around. I'm kind of like, Jack, like, you... There is a bit of, like, a lingering montage on, like, scoops of pasta being put on plates. And... This is where they're buying seconds. Yeah. But also where I start to, unfortunately, lose faith in my man. Because I'm like, dude, you just picked her from the eating disorder hospital. Like, I understand the the gravity of this isn't, like, at the public's fingertips. But, like... I told you he was a douche. Hey! <laughs> He's Jack a good Stark. man. Let's see right. where let's see where he and I go long term, and then we can talk. But then Kate LTR. is like, yeah, Kate finds herself like upstairs in a private bathroom, um, and then Monica is giving like a small house tour with Jack to this like investor guy or whatever, and she's like, let's look at the mural wall. So they get up there, and there's a portrait of JFK. Um, and just so you know, when we play this clip, that. The sat, the creaking you hear later on is um, Monica shutting the or Jack shutting the door so we can speak to Monica privately. But then Monica takes it where she does. Right. The whole family met him during the campaign. He said that I was the cutest baby he'd ever seen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even back then, she knew how to be in the right place at the right time. Yes. <laughs> It's crazy about you. I think we'll be on retainer Monday morning. I am really happy. I have finally gotten to where I worked so hard to be. This is just the beginning, Jack. Great things are going to be happening for us. You said it, Well, so much for being in the right place at the right time. Monica, I wouldn't hurt you for anything in the world. But you're going to have to if I don't stop coming on to you, right? Oh, Jack, we've looked everywhere for you. What's wrong? It's Kate. Come. Dr. Resnick? Yeah. She's lost a lot of blood. We're losing the pulse. Blood pressure's very low. Let's get her up to surgery. Her stomach may be hemorrhaging. Going up to surgery with her. Is she going to be all right? I think she got here in time. I thought she was cured. She's far from cured. Why did you let her go tonight? I didn't. She snuck out without my permission. Why would she do something so stupid? To make you happy. For any real dot connectors out there, don't ever fucking talk about Sammy like that. That's what I will say. Because we addressed her cough previously. And I will not have our audience smear Sammy's good Gilmore Girls <laughs> <laughs> loving name. <laughs> Okay, did you cough blood, you were saying? Yeah, I had really bad asthma as a kid, and I'd cough and cough and cough, and 
till blood came up. Do you think I have allergies? Do you think I could get that like legal speed shut going for me? See, this is the danger of talking about these things. You know what? I'm just saying, because my question is... Remember Nikki Taylor's sister died from using Primogene Mist. All I want to say is that I only asked because I want to say, because that's so dangerous because I shouldn't have that. So that's why I asked. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that... I honestly (laughs) don't know if they still... It seems to me like most modern asthma treatments are steroid-based, and it's not about taking bronchodilators. Jack, like, basically finds out, like, yeah, Kate was not supposed to get out. This was all a lie. Then Kate wakes up the next day, which is my nightmare, which is, like, being close to death and then waking up and then having to deal with that. That, to me, is worse than... And I would rather die every day of the week. You shouldn't necessarily, if you, especially if you have Christ in your heart or whatever the fuck you do... But, like, you should be happy to live. I would want to die. And so she wakes up and she's like, oh, Patch, like, Patch, like, last night was a nightmare. I almost died. But And then she's, like, talking to Patch. And then she swings back the curtain. She finally opens her eyes and, like, Patch, like, pay attention to me. Patch isn't there. In fact, the bed is made neatly as if the next client's coming in. Did Patch get out? No. Patch died last night. She took all the diuretics in the house, a.k.a. her jacket, and, like, she died right away, which is, ter- like, honestly unforeseen for me. I did not see her taking a A couple of things about this, just from a therapeutic angle. Sure. Um, would they put her back in the room with the roommate who died after she just had a near-death experience? That seems beyond bizarre to me, for yes. sure. Doesn't seem like a great idea. And also, like, the second that they realize another person is missing, like, you isolate the roommate that's there and you can, like, confront them about everything and, like... And watch them. Immediately piss test them. Like, this is what would happen in any environment. They'd be like, there's a leak. Okay, well, you're an addict or you have something going on. We're going to pee test you. We're going to keep the... Keep our eyes on you all night. So it was a weird choice. Um... All around, but most of this movie is. Um, and then basically, like, we're in the hospital. Kate finally gets, at, like, a stable place in her life. And then, like... You can tell she's cured because she has one leg, like, jauntily thrown over. Yeah. Thrown over the arm of the chair. She's AC Slatering. And she's just like, hi, I'm here to manspread. She's manspreading. Yes. So then, um, then we just, like, cut to Kate being like, I'm okay, and they're like, but you've got to talk to your mom. And so the last scene of this movie is Kate bringing her mom up to the gate at, like, the airport, which, like, God Her mom's bless. been watching her daughter the whole time she's been in the hospital. Yeah. So she's like, now I'm done with you. I'm, I'm bringing you Which, home. like, darks me out just because I'm like, was this all during the mom's, like, appointed, like, six-week break? Like, she's on a six-week vacation. Like, did all this happen? Hey, it turned out it was the best vacation. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like... It was the like, best visit she ever this had. Was the, thank God I called in to work for these six pieces. I believe her... She still works. She never... She doesn't have, like, the fun, like financial um, foundation there. So then um, she and her mom are at the airport, and they're talking it out. And um, her mom's like, look, I just want you to know, like... Or Kate goes, you know what? I just want you to know I don't blame you for my illness. Um, I know you did the best you could. Um, and then, and then her mom, Faith says, I didn't have a husband the way you do. And Kate says, I know it must've been very hard for you. It was very hard for me too. So I'll see you on Becky's birthday. Okay. Um, and then her mom says, do you still want me? 
And she says, of course, you really want me? Yeah, I do. Uh, Then the music swells and they kiss goodbye like on the mouth. Did you see that? Yeah. They kiss and it's not one of those like off center. It's kisses, a Tom like, Brady. It's a Tom Brady kiss, which like we came. This came up like last week, which is like, are they like French kiss? Like that is a lot. Um, so then Faith gets onto the plane, and then Kate gets up and she grabs Jack's hand, um, and she's not feeling great, but he's like, "Don't worry, it'll get better," and that's the end of the movie. Do you think they cut a scene, or do you think they just didn't give a fuck? Well, I know I didn't give a fuck by the time I got to the end of it. So I was sort of like, fine, however you wrap this up is fine. Right. You don't and need also, a lot of like... also, that's the way they all get wrapped up, these movies. They're kind of. Sort sometimes of they do a little bit more like they do a... This is what I think... A little more excavation? I well, don't Well, like know. getting... Like, I think like getting caught up in like the... They do more like um, explanation of like the fundamentals of an eating disorder... And less about, like, this girl interrupted sort of, like, treatment center where we got a half-baked picture of all these women. Like, I need Laura to have her own Lifetime movie. I need to go on Laura's, like, they hate me because I'm fat journey. Right. And I related to Laura the most out of all the people that were in the I did, too. I think that everyone fucking, like, this is the thing is that it was very, very hard even at their... Not even just, like, weight-wise, but, like, they, she was the most sympathetic character because you she at every turn was, like, not only am I going to be kind to you, but, like, you actively hurt me with every word you say, as opposed to most of you people in here that won't even let words penetrate your membrane. Like, Lori was, Laura was taking it all in. It's fucking rough. It's kind of funny because... I think how I mentioned when I first saw this movie, we were definitely watching it to laugh about it and to make fun of it. Of course. And I don't know if it's because at the time we wanted to distance ourselves from it or if we just truly found it funny. But the end scene with her mom, I did feel like that's kind of a therapeutic scene to see because, of course, her mom's going to be the same awful mom and not change. Right. And it's also humbling. But she changed the way she interacted with her mom. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, also, like, I think it shows a little bit of Kate's sort of, like, I hate to say, privilege. And that she was able to escape sort of, like, the socioeconomic prison of her childhood and, like, have a husband and, like, have a child and, like, not have to worry about also being the sole breadwinner and, like, the mom at home. And, like, I don't think Faith, like, I didn't get revolving door of boyfriends, which is sometimes what you get with single moms in Lifetime movies. And I put a quote around that. Like, you get the movies where it's like, oh, well, she had a single mom, but also the single mom, like, was never checked into her child. Like, I think Faith tried her best, and Faith also was up against the system. Like, I give my mom the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, where I'm just like... Yeah, like you had a kid at 21. Like I certainly do imagine most of your life was hard. I wonder how my life would have been different if my mom dated after my parents got divorced. It's weird. It's weird. But I also... Especially because I have three sisters and we all would have been like teenagers. They just put like... It puts like a fucking watchdog thing on you. Like I would know... I, to a fault, will size up an individual and be like, you can or cannot come around my mom. And, like, the only person that I ever, like, full body rejected where I was like, 
no. And I had like a temper tantrum, which I was never allowed to have. And I had like a temper tantrum and I was like, don't, I don't ever want to see him again. My mom wound up engaged to him. And it was like, it was a nightmare. And like, it, it turned out to be a nightmare. And it was like, I never want to be like, I told you so, but it was like, that was my kind of like, I told like, Somehow a watchdog instinct was born into me and I hate it. And like, it's probably like made you a pretty good judge of character though. Cause you had to size well, as far as men go. Yes. And to no, size for them sure. up. I think it's why I like go beta a lot. Oh God. It's why I go beta a lot of the time where I'm just like, I don't want to deal with a guy that's like, thinks he can charm the room. You know, that, like, you know when you meet someone and they're like, oh, parents love me. That guy is so creepy. Like, if a guy's not worried about... Show, don't tell. That's my rule with everything. You don't have to say those things. Just go do it. Also, like, no one should be confident about meeting someone they care about's family. Like, that is really a weird reaction to have to that. Right. Guys, watch out. Okay, so Sarah, I sent you an email asking this. Thank you for being here for all this. I'm so sorry if I kidnapped you um what's your favorite movie of all time that was a really good question and I would definitely answer it a different way but at this point in my life I think my favorite movie of all time is Jaws okay because it's great the perfect movie that's got perfect shots in it it left a giant mark on my life, which has defined uh, my fear of the ocean and sharks. Sure. Has defined my behavior more than probably any other movie. I mean, uh, except I love Red Shoes, so The Wizard of Oz definitely had that effect. But, of course. Um, and also, um, the three main characters of Brody, Hooper, and Quint basically are my aesthetic. Yeah. I just wear black turtlenecks, like I said. And army jackets and sweatshirts and jeans. So I'm like, I'm a combination of those three guys. I just sneezed all over myself, like literally all over myself. And I'm just going to keep It's okay. Going. I was talking about Roy Scheider. He does um, that to people. This is what I, he fucked people, you said? <laughs> no, I said he does that to people. Oh, okay. I do have a great Roy Scheider story. I was like, you fucked him? What? No, no. <sighs> he, um, I have a friend who worked at, uh, it was either CAA or ICM in New York in the mailroom. Of course, now he's like an executive producer guy. But it was back in the 80s and 70s and 80s. And Roy Scheider, you know, he was always very tan. Yeah. And he would, he was represented by this agency and he would come and sit on one of those like Siamese pipes that stick out from buildings in New York. Yeah. He would sit before meetings, he would sit on one of those and he'd bring a little foldable silver reflector thing and, and just, just put it rays. under his neck and like tan between meetings oh my god like was it a real thing or did he put tinfoil on a record no no it was like a real thing that they sold back then that's legit that is like big time <laughs> legit and i will say like the second you said jaws i was like that is perfect for this because like jaws if anything loved to eat do you know what I mean? I'm nothing if if not thematically consistent. Jaws loved he ate everything. Yes. Every human he saw. So what we do what we do on this show is we rank things on a scale. So either the things that we're about to address are closest to Jaws or furthest away from Jaws. Okay. So one is Jaws and five is Mother May I Sleep with Danger. Just keep that like 
trope in the back of your head. Okay. So on a scale of one to five, would you say this is closer to Jaws or Mother May I Sleep with Danger for acting? You mean Kate's Secret? Yeah. Oh, five. You think this is a five? You're going to dog out everyone like like that? This is so not... Any kind of Jaws caliber level of acting. Even, even, um, what's her face Except that I love? unless she's the shark eating. Even Laura, you're going to dog out? Laura's kind of like the woman in Jaws who's in the meeting who's like, what's happening? You can't close the beaches. Okay. I mean, she's more. <laughs> okay, so we'll give this a five. We'll lines. just fucking go full five. Yes. All right. Believability of the world and characters. I felt this was pretty real seeming, especially for the time. So does that, that was mean not alive it's, for. it's Jaws? Um, no, just like, is is it very believable? Let's oh, talk okay, Jaws. never mind. Is it very believable or is it, is uh, it like, wow? I'd say like pretty believable, yes. Want to give it a two? Uh, out of five? Yeah, like two oh. being like closest to real. Yes. It's a pretty real world, yeah. right? Okay, creative use of words to avoid censorship. That's like a darn it or something like that. We didn't really get a lot of that in this movie because it was pretty pure. No. I want to say one. We're, we top-loaded with a five, so, like, let's chill. Dialogue, though. Dialogue, I didn't think it was that bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, I think maybe Summer Phoenix as the daughter got the best dialogue because it was yes. unexpected. And then Laura. She had a brilliant Laura. moment. Let's give this, let's give this a three. Yeah. Wardrobe. I thought the wardrobe. So when I talk about lifetime wardrobe, I usually mean like, did the like stylist go to Ross dress for less, pick out like five plaid shirts and just throw it on a human. I thought the wardrobe in this was pretty spectacular and close to a real movie. I don't know. There were some outfits that reminded me of like, uh, you know that scene in Purple Rain when Prince is wearing that weird asymmetrical top with the yeah. handkerchief collar where it's just too distracting. And also, Especially when, like, sh- when um, Meredith Baxter Burney at the party is wearing purple, a purple, it looks like a pashmina kind of fringe. thing with fringe. And then the neighbor lady comes in wearing head-to-toe purple. Yeah, you're right. Okay, let's give this a two. All right. Or no, no, no. I'm Three. sorry, a four. A four. Okay. A four. four. This is bad. You're right. And also, everyone's dress-up outfit was Blanche Devereaux, like, going to the opera. Yes. Hair and makeup. Um, I it mean, better be a sex opera. Yeah. Why would you go to any opera it unless it was a sex opera? A se- it, very, it has to be very horny, for sure. <laughs> so, hair and makeup... I, you pointed out something to me that's been haunting me about Meredith Baxter Burney that I never realized my entire life, which is that she wears her hair like a, a child. Always. Even on Family Ties, Maybe she it's because her hair is so thick or something, but yeah, she did always wear barrettes. I mean, even if your hair's thick, like, you can make it into a sexy adult bun. Like, she but I always, think it was, like, nothing about the hair and makeup in this, like... There was offended. no, like... Yeah, nothing stuck let's out. Let's give it a two. Okay. Here nor there. Okay, music, this is a five. Like, because they fucking... They leaned on every fucking musical device possible. Crying. I'm looking for that big Tory spelling crying, Jack, that thing that you get that's just, like, this is insane. I don't think we really got that crying. No. Um, Where the crying would go, and in fact, there could have been a crying scene... After that big binging scene where she like slides That's down a it. wall and hu- hugs herself. Rewatching it, I thought, I remembered it as having that. Right. No, well, I mean, like, one should cry. Yes. After that. Um, 
I want to give this like a two. There was like emotion, but no like big thing. Um, victimization of the female character. So like Lifetime movies are based around um, television for women. So I kind of think Patch is like, she's a secondary character, but I feel like Patch carries this for me and that like she didn't have a fighting chance. Like her dad raped her and then her mom would beat her up in rehab yeah. to like lose weight. Um, then there's Kate who's like face, she's the face of like eating disorders now in her world. I think this was like a four or five. This is pretty bad. Well, if we're going with patch, I'd say five. Yeah, let's just go with the full patch five. Right. Um, failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. This usually comes up with the horror type movies where it's like, just pick up the phone like or something or like talk to that person. No, I think this movie resolved itself. Yeah, let's give it a two. It's not bad. Draw plot lines. Was there well, like the daughter did disappear? Whatever happened in that trash can? That woman was moving around their room. Where did the trash can land? Is is Dotto okay? on the Melba toast? Yeah, and like is Melba toast still Toast's. thirty? Cal- I mean, I don't know. Um, and also, I say three for that. Okay. That's like nothing Laura really was stuck ejected out. Ejected into the universe, like a I don't like a star someone bought. Okay, so then font. This is our final category. I think this is like what this category was made for, which is that this is the most lifetimey. Like we put it in on Final Cut. There was no judge. It barely hit a note while like it was going over the score. I think font for this is a full five. Probably. I mean, there was. No- I think they probably had to pay Meredith Baxter Bernie most of their budget. Yeah, there was no she title was card. already famous. But this was eighty two. Yeah, wait. So apparently, so YouTube said this was eighty two, but then it says eighty six. Eighty six on IMDb. Yeah. I mean, I would have been two years old at this time. What a shame. Sammy, did you do the math? I did. What What is it? Thirty nine. That's really high for us. This is a top. This is a peaker. This is like up on our. This is up in our like top two of this season. And I will or top three. And I will warn you that the top one was definitely me and my friends, super white wine drunk and just angry because we did five hours of a Lisa Rinna movie or something, <laughs> and we're like, fuck it, like five, five. Corn isn't seasonal then. Like we were just like going hard. So this is a very top peaking movie. By the way. One of my favorite movies we've ever watched for this show. And I say this every week that I say it's it. It's kind of the er eating disorder movie for sure. Like it is the prototype of the eating disorder movie. And it's. Uh, it's the OG in every way. Meredith Baxter Bernie, the OG Haley Duff. Okay. Um, Haley Duff's doing great work. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Um, but then also like just hits all the marks. It's the eating disorder thing, which we have not come back to in two seasons. Um, our first season we did, um, starving in suburbia, which our, I was really hung over for and our, like my co-host or my guest, um, mentioned the Starbucks spinach feta sandwich. And I had to leave the room and, and throw up for like 45 minutes just cause she mentioned that Starbucks sandwich. Cause Is you know it gross? what it, just, you know what it looks like in the case? Yeah. Like, and never if you're not feeling well, oh yeah. no. I mean, who's like, I'd like the spinach feta here at Starbucks.com. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Do you have any other thoughts you want to contribute pleasure. to the Only universe? that, like, this has kind of cracked open the the time capsule of me watching these movies. And now, I don't know if you know anything about, um, I'm sure you do, ABC After School Specials. Of course. But yeah. all of those are so good. And I have them all from doing Strangers with Candy. I have them all on uh, 
DVDs, and I feel like I should definitely go. Back you are and like watch some of those. You have like you're so legend. Like literally, you're so legendary. Like everything you reference, I'm just like. Well, one person that I'm really like obsessed you're with. You're so legendary, and I don't know if she did any. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if she did any um, made-for-TV movies, but Dana Hill. You know that actress? Yeah. She did some crazy after-school special stuff where she is she a like comedy a person? No. In fact, she's dead. The end. <laughs> Good night. Everybody. See you guys next week. Bye. Relatives of Dana Hill. You she was can a child actress. You, she was a child actress. You would love her. What was she on? She was a child actress who played very complicated characters. Was she a blonde girl? No. She was in that movie Shoot the Moon. Did you see that? No. No. With Albert Finney and I think Diane Keaton. I can't remember. But she, uh, I'll send you some she passed. about her. She's yes. passed. I think she was a, um, a, she had childhood diabetes. And so she never recovered from that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That is terrible. But that said... But she played amazing parts in movies where she was, you know, she was like the non-cute Christy McNichol. That's rough. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is. also, this is like, this is the era of child actresses where they still gave people with character a chance. Like, you, if you had character, like, that was a good thing going for you and they weren't going to not cast you because you had character. They were just going to be like... See this person? They do that in Degrassi. See this person? They're the most beautiful person in school. Agreed. Okay. All right. You guys, thank you so much. Sarah, thank you so Good much. Good Wagon stuff. Mom's going to go play beer pong in the driveway. You guys, thank you so much. Sammy, thank you so much for your Gilmore Girls contribution. You guys, don't get eating disorders. Keep your fucking eating disorders tight. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to season three of Mother May I Sleep With podcast. Our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer, Nicole Matthew, as well as our producer, Sammy Junio. Much love to Christina Lopez for all of her help and Elizabeth Brozek for that killer logo. We love it when new listeners find our show. And the best way for that to happen is landing in the Apple podcast charts. You can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show. And if you want, leave a review. And if you really want to support the show, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash M-M-I-S-W-P. For information on our ranking system, episode details, and social media, head to mothermayisleepwithpodcast.com. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under M-O-L-L-S, Malls. And if not there, on my couch, binging Lifetime movies. See you next time. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.